are here gathered in this room to celebrate Daily Beloved, we are gathered here. And by podcastum, I mean the art form of talking into a microphone in your living room. Do you agree? I don't think most people are listening in their living rooms. They're not listening. It's created in living rooms across the nations. Mm-hmm. The nations, multiple nations. That is true as well. Do you think America is the most popular podcasting nation? Like America creates the most podcasts, right? I can't answer this question. You, we don't have the most pop. We don't have the largest population by far. U.S. number one. So I would guess. <laughs> but I'm, we're but we're the most narcissistic ones who would require this many podcasts. Correct. I don't know. I think, I, I think so. with our free speech, it probably allows us to more freedom but other places have free speech as well so we're not the only ones we just pretend that we're the smartest and the coolest but we are absolutely not if you look at actual numbers numbers have never met cool to me man numbers are cool as hell that's how i've stayed not killing myself from everything i've ever made i go of course nobody likes it nobody gets it (laughs) and that's how i sleep at night you I, you usually sleep at night with your mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> I do do this. Do do. Welcome to Couple of Critics Podcast. I am Michelle. I am Sam. I am Sam. Yes. I am Sam. Uh, I am Sam. I, I, hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I may not be smart, hey. but hey. I know how to love. <laughs> What are you talking about? That's clearly from something. Is that? Is the, uh, I think I might be paraphrasing something from a movie. I think it's actually um, Forrest Gump. I may not be a smart man, but I know what love is. So you just Donald Trumped him up even more? <laughs> <clears throat> Who? Donald Trump when he made fun of that guy, the reporter. <laughs> I was, I would know. I was thinking of what's his face of Sean Penn from the movie I Am Sam. That's where that came from. I don't know what we're talking about. There's a movie called I Am Sam. You're not familiar with this. I am not familiar as a man named Sam. I am not familiar with this movie. Wow, this is a Sean Penn movie where he is a mentally handicapped adult with a daughter. And it's something about getting custody, I think, and raising him on or raising her on his own. And the little girl is played by Dakota Fanning. Oh, yeah. No idea that this movie existed. When did this come out? Do we know? Is this like... I think it would it has to be Dakota Fanning time. It would be the mid to late two thousands. I think we were distracted by being in love at that time. Was Sam the adult? Yes. Yeah, boy, of course it was. Duh. <laughs> Who did you think Sam was? Dakota I was hoping, Fanning. Yeah, maybe her name was Samantha. They just called her Sam. No, it's because even though he may not be a smart man, he can still love and help his daughter. Because they're basic human things, I guess. But she also helps him. And together, they raise each other. Sounds beautiful. But this is not the movie we are here to talk about today. absolutely <laughs> not the movie that we're here to talk about today. Holy God. We could have probably watched that movie twice in the time it took to view. To watch this once? <clears throat> this once. So... <laughs> Part of what we do with this podcast, since we are a review podcast, is we give each other things that we either haven't heard before, like something that we can both kind of indulge in, or something that we've both enjoyed, or whatever it is, but we share media with each other, and then we experience it together, and then we tell you how we feel about it. Sam recently gave me the movie Star Wars, because I've never seen it, and there's literally no other way 
I was going to watch the movie. Yeah, this that's the only way that was going to happen. Never in history in our life would it have been like, Michelle, can we watch Star Wars tonight? You'd have been like, fuck off. You can watch Star Wars on your own time. Or I would have been like, okay, I'm going to go. You can play it. I'll go lay else. down over here. Uh-huh. I'll go. I'll just go listen to some Patrice O'Neill thing and right? play games on my phone because I can't get enough of or them. Or you'd play games on your phone and hear stuff that I'm listening to and then make fun of it. <laughs> Probably, and <laughs> so I I pretty much, oh no, not Bill Paxton head. Oh no, for the listeners. Michelle's... <laughs> you mean the only way that this is getting out? This is only an audio podcast. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure even though we record that the video element has been abandoned. I think it's officially been abandoned. So if you want to feel better about not having to set this stuff up anymore, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I literally contacted Travis today. I was like, as a listener from day one, how do you feel about the video? Does it actually matter? And he wrote, uh, I get a kick out of the ones uh, that you put up, mostly the ones that he was in because he's a narcissist. (laughs) That's what he said. Of course he did. I think that the videos are fun. I just know that it's a pain for you to do. I would really like to take it over, but the idea of having to edit it on a Mac computer makes me want to kill myself if so you, there's no real middle you, ground with this if you got an access to a, a, a windows laptop that you could use then you could do that i have one but it's so outdated oh, and no awful. you cannot use that exactly one. you'd have to get a new one so or go into that stinky stink room back there and use that thing the ones where the cat with well, at least one cat peed in multiple places yeah fun uh, fun house this is a fun house <laughs> it is a fucking fun house <laughs> We got funny. Mirrors. All the doors are like crooked and funny shaped. And that's not even uh, that's not even an, an exaggeration or saying something for humor's sake. No. You can literally put a ball and mo- on the floor in most places in this house, and it's going to take off in a direction. In a direction, yeah, yeah. This this house is a, a fucking shit pile. <laughs> this house, well, and I. Hey, I've been in a lot worse, and I've been in a lot better. I know, but your mom also said that this was a. a or, or it was Pam, one of the two. I think it may have been Pam. That this house was like a crack house that stood open and empty <laughs> for many, many years, except for people who would like break into it. And she, like, this house is so old and nasty. This house has got some stories, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean like another level on top of the roof kind of stories get it that was house humor no once again <laughs> it's lifting up a vent cover and seeing dirt hey that's what's happening dirt, here. dirt 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 that's why we're sick that's why we're all feeling bad so in this house because you... this house is fun <laughs> we gotta get out of the house <laughs> we'll just find another house that's got mold they didn't tell us about at least I know the mold in this house. See, this is how you deal with life. You're like, yeah, there's probably something worse out there. I'm just going to settle. That's why we're together. That's why you haven't been like, Michelle, you've let yourself go so much that I'm obviously not enjoying looking at you, but I'm not going to say anything because it's just easier to settle. This is the saddest thing. And we like the same podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... I was going to say something. I don't fucking remember now. I don't know. Can I say that Monster smells so bad? It it tastes so bad, too. Energy drinks are so (laughs) gross. I take caffeine pills, not every day, and not usually multiple times a day. Don't let her lie to you, people. She's got a Jesse Spano-type problem. Yeah, listen to me. She is Spano'd out. so hyped up. I'm so excited! Sure. I'm so... 
It hasn't even kicked in yet, so I don't even feel it. Scared. Thank you, Sam. You are welcome. (sighs) But it's the equivalent of like a cup or two of coffee, which is more, I mean, not as much as what a lot of people consume every day. Oh, yeah. Some people just fucking pour coffee down their gullet nonstop. So when you say caffeine pills, it sounds like some truck driver who is all hopped up (laughs) and and fucking lot lizards and stuff when he barks to sleep. It's not like that. It's not how I'm utilizing it. I'm just a tired person. I don't consume much caffeine and a caffeine pill works for me. And you've said before, you'd rather just take the caffeine pill and get the caffeine instead of all the extra sugars and all that shit. I don't want to taste a five hour energy. I don't want the taste of an energy. I I despise the taste of energy drinks and I think they smell terrible. I don't know what it what it is that they're adding to it because it's not just caffeine. They're putting Bullcum. other things in there too. <clears throat> I imagine that would make me sleepy. What the hell just happened? You went like f- frail woman there for a second. I broke down. When you said <laughs> bull I didn't I wasn't tough enough for that. I was I'm not tough, tough enough. All right, so I forgot that I was going to surprise you with a Dutch song before we got this going, but that didn't end up happening, so uh, that won't be happening. Gotcha. Um, we are here because we are reviewing an, uh, a fun movie. Not a fun movie. Um, I would say, I don't think it's fun. I wouldn't describe it as fun. Uh, Parts of it are very fun, in my opinion. Funny, maybe. I think uh, fun as well. We are reviewing the Tarantino uh, some people call it a cinematic masterpiece. Some people call it his magnum opus. His magnum opus. Uh, Pulp Fiction, baby. It was the same situation that I honestly didn't think that I would be able to get you to commit to watching the movie. I myself had seen this movie one time before making you watch it. I will say, first and foremost, I didn't come into this as being like, I love this movie. You have to see it because I like it. It was just this movie exists in the world. To be honest, I didn't really like it at all the first time. There were parts of it that I liked. There's a there's a character in it who I thought was amazing. And there's good acting in it. But I, I didn't really like love the movie. I'll say I, I think I liked it more this time. But man, self-indulgent city. <laughs> I, think of how much money they could have saved by not putting some junk oh, in that. I I don't want them to save money on this because it's made by fucking Miramax and I want them to take every goddamn cent away from Harvey Weinstein that they possibly could have at that moment. Uh, well, now that's <laughs> the case, but they were partnered ah, for a long but time. But I'm also such an anarchist fuck the corporate man that I would have felt that at any time. You get as much money from them as you can. But then I'll agree with you. Then you do as little work as you can but and you go on vacation. Do you think that you would have that feeling? Do you think it would be as strong if it weren't? when the Weinstein company went down that Miramax came and didn't you say that they bought it or they at least put a bid for the Weinstein company stuff? Well, I mean, Miramax was made by the Weinsteins originally. Yeah. They were interconnected, but they were still their own companies technically. Yeah. But like the Weinstein company was going to buy Miramax for a little bit there and they were going to put a bid in and then Harvey Weinstein shit broke about him being a complete monster 
and then their stock and future just went completely down the tube. And then Miramax, a defunct, almost non-existent company that was about to be bought out, then thinks about bidding on the Weinstein company. <laughs> like They have no money, but they're still thinking about buying the company that the Weinsteins had. So having that anarchist mindset, do you think that it's increased knowing that this is kind of fuck you, Harvey Weinstein? Has my hatred for Miramax or the Weinsteins in general? Uh, just the, the, your reaction when that was when you said what you did a little there's, bit ago. There's definitely more edge because of what we know about Harvey. Now, speaking of what we know about Harvey, one thing that I think is interesting, and I don't know if anyone else, if you read, I don't know how much you've read. I don't know. Quentin Tarantino has said that he regrets that he knows, he knew more than he uh, should, I mean, to know what he did and not do anything about it, that he has great regret, supposedly. But anyone would say that <coughs> when they're... Uh, you know, I think he Tarantino I think has would always feel come as across well. as disgusting and sleazy to me. And my and he uh, sometimes makes himself like not the greatest role person in his movies. He'll sometimes take because he does act in a lot of his flicks. Yeah, I don't remember. I was going to I don't remember what I was saying originally. Um, So for Quentin Tarantino, uh, I get what you're saying, that he's kind of a sleazy feeling guy, but he's never had history of being a sleazy guy or any assault or any no. inappropriate shit like that. So I think with him, he just has a face of that. And he um, grew up on movies that are like sleaze ridden and he likes exploitation films. Yeah. There's that also, he just rips that. Isn't it? Um, oh, which one is it? Uh, the one with the machine gun leg. Is that the one? Or is it Death Proof? There's Death Proof. Where he's going to like, he's he has a role in it and he's going to like rape someone. What? I don't remember it's any either, rape it's thing in, in Death of, Proof. It's in one of the Grindhouse movies. He's like creepy and gross. And then I oh, think something that's, happens that's to like planet, his penis. That's Planet Terror. Okay. But he didn't direct that. He no. He was cast as that. But that's, That was a Robert Rodriguez decision. But he but did do Death Proof. But it still has an effect on yeah on how i see him as being sleazy i mm -hmm. think i think oh, i i've said this multiple times probably on the podcast even i rewatched death proof last <laughs> year and liked it way more than i remembered liking it so but it also was just like a kick-ass female sort of movie it's the more artsy more well-written film of the two planet terror is just guns and explosions whereas death proof is like like Quentin writes. Well, I wasn't even comparing it in the Grindhouse idea since those two movies were put together initially. But I think that's I think, what tainted a lot of people on Death Proof when you first saw it, is you were like, next to Planet Terror, it kind of makes you want to go to sleep, but it's a better movie. I think it was better, but with <laughs> Tarantino seeming uh, just like scummy and sleazy. Mm -hmm. But I also haven't seen, I, when you roll out the list of Tarantino movies... Even the ones that he has written and directed, which we're at nine right now, and ten is supposed to be the one he's gonna he's gonna stop doing it after that. I think he probably will. With his age, probably. I think he's the type of guy who'd be like, "No, it's what I said I was gonna do. It's what I'm gonna do." Now, that's what I said. Is movie? Did I say anything else? Maybe Quentin can write a little TV script. And he has. Yeah, so he's not done. He's he just gonna be like, done oh, other no things. more Quentin Tarantino movies. Not his big, huge movies. And I personally, I've seen it once. I didn't love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
Uh, I only saw sections of but it. But it's it has the same idea like with Inglorious Bastards, which I did like. But I also thought that like Brad Pitt was hilarious in it and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the fantastical. What if? What if this happened the other way? What if you know? Like it's just this happened in history, but then he kind of like flips it. Like a Once Upon a that's, Time in Hollywood. That's weird that he just did that for two. It's movies. like the Manson people were coming, yeah. and he fu- and Brad Pitt fucking murdered them all. Yeah. At the end of the movie. Yeah, it's weird that the last two movies, not the last two, but. And glorious there's Bastards two movies that. that he's just did that like ah, i'm just gonna rewrite history real quick and see what happened and it was it's odd so there have been times where i've i don't know but there but there are a chunk of them i haven't seen reservoir dogs was good but i may have only seen that once or twice maybe twice i i get his movies are very self-indulgent they're not movies i'm usually excited to see even though i know that they're well respected it just it feels like it's going to be a task almost or like i'm 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 going into something and this one jesus like it's there i think half of the movie could have been shaved out and it still would have been probably as strong for me i think if you still get the main story but i will say what is the main story that's the problem okay so this is one thing that i wrote because there are there are a lot of characters and I'm going to start with one that only because I have this opinion and I just said that. I'm starting with Uma Thurman. Okay. Can I finish what I wanted to say about Quentin Tarantino's sleaziness, though? I didn't like, know you didn't finish. No, I just I'm compounded on yours. I think he gets that vibe because he chooses all those things and he grew up with all those pulp fiction, not pulp, but pulp stories and stuff that he's just like dripping it. That, like, he's almost like a car salesman vibe, no matter what he does. Even if he's like, hi, how you doing? I'm really kind. Blah, blah, blah. You're still just going to be like, what's this fucking guy doing? What's this guy doing behind doors? But I just don't think he... I don't know that I get Hopefully the- he's never actually, like, in the, the editing room, like, jerking off to Uma Thurman's feet. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be the max thing that he would do in real creep world. <laughs> And he probably did, but I don't want to think well, about he it. He also did that thing where he put Uma Thurman in fucking danger on Kill Bill, and she didn't want to do this thing. And he was like, oh, it's a, it's fine. It's going to be like oh, really? controlled. And then when she had to do it and didn't want to, uh, it was not the circumstance that he promised. And she got hurt and ran into a fucking tree. She crashed a car <laughs> into a tree, and it was like... I. I think she's like had issues like back issues or something since like it was it was a big fucking thing. So he's not I don't know, but he's also like creepy and he's an artist and he's fucking weird and he's (laughs) but he's really smart, but he's also I don't know. I just yeah, I think he is a creep. I just hope he doesn't do creep stuff. You know what I mean? I think that that's subjective. Yeah, I think I think he toes the line of things being subjective. I agree. It's like Brian De Palma. He's a fucking creep weirdo too, director that like is also sleazy feeling, but like doesn't have a record of being sleazy, but he feels sleazy. Same thing as Quentin Tarantino, which I think Quentin probably likes Brian De Palma a lot. Carrie, have you ever seen Carrie? Yes. Now that feels grimy and sleazy a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. That's a De Palma movie. Ah, that also has John Travolta in it. <laughs> it does. Wow. It just came around for a full circle. We haven't even started the circle, but uh, if you... Let the circle be unbroken. Bye bye, bye bye. So there are a lot of people whose careers were helped by this. This was Quentin's second full movie. I would say full in the sense of being the writer and the director, 
because he had done Reservoir Dogs and then he had written True Romance. But that hadn't... Did he write True Romance with this other guy, too, that wrote this, the Avery guy? I think he may have. Because I remember reading something that Avery... Yeah, he took because... some of Avery's scenes from True Romance and mm-hmm. put him in this movie. Okay. There you go. I forgot he did True Romance. Yeah. Uh, which is another movie you've never, never seen. seen. I don't um, even know what it's about. I don't remember, but I've seen it many times. Do you know who's in it? Christian Bale and Rosanna... Not Rosanna Arquette. It's Patricia Arquette. Christian Rosanna Bale? Arquette is in this movie. And so is... Um, Alexis Arquette, R.I.P. Is it Alex Arquette in this, or is he labeled as Alexis? It's Alex in this okay. one. I didn't know if Alexis ever did male roles as Alexis. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I don't know. I knew Alexis first from having VH1 and seeing Alexis Arquette as Alexis, not yeah. when it was Alex as an actor earlier in the day. Because I think there was a VH1 show that, like surreal life or <laughs> one of the celebrity rehab or something that alexis arquette was on was alexis arquette in wedding singer is that yes. why i know alexis arquette mm-hmm. that's where i first get my alexis arquette no, actually I, I i may have seen that first but i forgot about that because he dresses as like, like a boy, boy george, george. <laughs> yeah, yeah rest in peace alexis arquette what happened? Was that suicide or it was? Uh, it was that or an overdose. I don't remember. Mm, it was sad. one of those sad. Those. It was a sad death. I like the Arquettes. I don't know why, but they all seem like they're fun. I think they seem really talented, but also different. And there's something about Patricia, Rosanna, and Alexis in particular that seem. It seems very almost like punk rock yeah and just yeah. like grungy yeah and just especially Rosanna. I think because in this Rosanna. movie she's got the. Uh, She's got all the shit in her face. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, they just, they, they play those roles. Well, I like, oh, I enjoy them. Um, so all the characters, so many characters, like I said, that people who either were new in their career or like Bruce Willis, who had been doing things for a while, but he was in a slump. I was going to say, was he in a slump? Cause I mean, he is, he's fucking John McClane at this point, man. I mean, he is. Mr. Die Hard, so I to see his face, you're like, holy shit, it's Bruce Willis. It this movie made me really see the Bruce Willis sex appeal. Really? There's something about it's there's just some, and it's not because we see his dick, it's because he, he did barely. We saw more pubes, but you know. I know, I was mad. <laughs> Definitely keeping those eyeballs there. <laughs> when I knew something. it was going to happen the second time, I watched like a hawk and I was like, ah, there's even less than I remember. Completely forgot about it until it happened. That's all I was again. thinking about until we got there. I've forgotten about it every <laughs> single time. Um, but I think that there's, yeah, I think that there's like a cuteness to him that he just seems like kind of like a guy that doesn't fuck around i don't think he'd be good in a relationship (laughs) but there's a sex appeal to him that he definitely has and that john travolta absolutely does not have (laughs) it's funny that you said is this like the first time you've seen the bruce willis that way no because there was some movie that my dad had where he like fucked this chick in a shower like in the heat of the night or something like that (laughs) and i definitely jerked off to that a couple times (laughs) But I don't think it's necessarily about Bruce Willis. I think that was just about bodies. Oh, sex, yeah. But uh, there's... So, uh, yeah, I've never really what seen him Jason like that. Jason Statham? No. I mean, he looks... I mean, that's the next Bruce Willis in my mind. But I don't... His There's something missing in his face. 
He looks even more like an ape than he, he, uh, he looks more than Bruce Willis does. He looks programmed. programmed. Bruce Willis looks like a working man here's, who worked himself up into here, that life. Here's the Bruce Willis look that gets you. It's this when he's like, he gets that little smirk. He's like, hey, hey, and you're like, oh, he's got a peel. I'm just like, man, Demi Moore was right. Demi Moore was right. Well, guess what, Michelle? Only at first, though. Ashton Kutcher's blah. Here's the Sam version on this movie. Uma Thurman's never done it for me before this, so that happened with this movie. <laughs> See, I never thought she she was cuter on this watch, but I think okay. So this is getting back to when I realized when you said that I'd cut you off and you had to go back, and uh, I didn't say you cut me off. I just said I expounded on your thing and I wanted to finish. Uma Thurman. Well, this is my note. Uma Thurman's eyes look like they're about to fall off the sides of her face, because I've never thought that she was an attractive person. Truly, I always thought that she was pretty ugly. Um, but then I kind of eased up on her a little bit because I think she just doesn't have... She's just one of those less classical beauties. You know, she's just kind of like... She, everyone is beautiful to an extent. You know, everyone has nice whatever. And I guess I just always was like, Bleh. But that I did kind of soften up on her the second watch, I will say. Um, but I do think... In regards to me saying, I think so much of this movie could have been shaved off and it still could have been whatever. I thought that this movie and still think that it could be strong and get the points across without Uma Thurman's character. But I think that there is something, unfortunately, that her character provides that is not really provided much in the movie, which is an innocence. Yeah. And I, I think that that, I don't think that it shows anything more in depth with the Vincent Vega character, uh, with John Travolta. He, d it doesn't show any depth from him at all, but she's just kind mm -hmm. of like a soft innocence, even though when you actually see her with her husband, Marcellus Wallace or whatever his fucking name is. That's when I think she's the least attractive. She just kind of looks like I'm a trophy wife. Yeah. I'm just like a rich bitch. Yeah. So she does, there is this appeal, there's this something that even though I hate when she hangs out with John Travolta, and I think it's so pointless when they, you know, what I, like, none you of that. You just don't find that story to be relevant. I don't right? even think that it's believable. Oh, why? What guy would send one of fiction, his, baby. What, what guy would send one of his employees to take his wife out to dinner unless he doesn't trust one of those people and it's a test? It's a test. It's, it's it's all those things for Marcellus Wallace. It's a, are you going to stay loyal, both you motherfuckers? Because you know what happens if you don't. So, yes, it is a test. And I with this movie, I think you got to throw all, like, this wouldn't happen in real life out of this because it's, like, literally made as, like, we are taking things to the extreme. Ex the, not as extreme as it is nowadays, but, like, at the time, the dialogue is extreme. The use of words, like what words they use is extreme. The violence is extreme. The colors are extreme. The characters are extreme. Sometimes the lighting is intense. Exactly. And it's things all, are washed out. It's all to the max. So I think that's, it, it, but it is a test. So when you're talking about how she looks like a trophy wife. the wait, Yeah, because she just like looks ritzy and she's got, when like, she's thing, with him. Yeah, yeah. The time that I was like, oh, she is very cute. 
is right after she had her heroin overdose and she's coming back in the car and she's wearing a regular brown shirt and she's just walking into the house and she just looks like she had a rough night. That's when I'm like, hey, she's pretty cute there. <laughs> she looks like she almost died on heroin. Her, yeah. Her lips are all like pale. Yeah. And she has her... Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> but no, the innocence, like just what you're saying is she just like a, I'm just a girl who fucked up tonight. And the innocence of like, she never had, I don't think she ever had an interest and was ever going to fuck Vincent Vega. That no. Night. I, just, I think Vincent Vega would have if he had the chance, no matter how he tried to talk himself out of it yeah. in the bathroom. But I think she, like you said, has an innocence where she even said like with that one guy, the most he ever touched was my hand. When he and I believed her, I believe that she's not oh, fucking I, around. I and I actually like that about this whole movie, where nobody was really sex was not a driving force in any of these stories, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, I think that uh, sex can be cheap when people use it. That's one thing that I don't like about American Horror Story, which is a show that I watch. I think it's so cheap and gross. Mm-hmm. I because it, it's taken way over the top on purpose, just to be like in your face, but then it makes it not. It makes it gross. I don't know. And I'm not a prude. I'm but, not a prude either. I just... But there's there are tasteful and correct ways of doing it. Just like if you're making something and you're like, man, I love this spice, but you douse it in the spice. Right? Yeah, that's too ha- much. There has to be a good, tasteful balance. I agree. And sometimes it feels... I don't know if hacky is the right word, but it's the word I'm going to use. Where It was like too easy. Like, uh, it happened because they fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it much more that she said like... Was, did, did people say we fucked? Because we didn't. He didn't even rub my feet. And that whole story was interesting, even though that's all bred out of Tarantino. Tarantino's obsession with feet. But still. Not just feet. Every time we see our feet, they're dirty. dirty. Every time you see he anyone's He wants them feet, used to like run through a garden. Yes. There, he has something with not just pretty clean feet that came out of his shoe. Yeah. He wants to show feet where a female has been walking around barefoot all day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vincent Vega, you brought him up a few times now, and John Travolta. What is this character? I don't know if I love Vincent Vega or if I detest Vincent Vega. This is true. This is so true. <laughs> so this, so he really revived John Travolta's career, I okay. guess, because uh, John Travolta hadn't been around in a while. But then John Travolta just kind of squandered because it did help him. But he, he just, he's chosen a lot of shit. John Travolta hasn't really done a lot of good things right. in the span of his career. And I don't think he's that good to look at either. So <laughs> I, don't, had I, just, to, I think he looked better back in the day. Not, like, welcome back, Cotter days. I, I'd never, I've never found him to be attractive. <laughs> and so then when you put that fucking nasty wig on him, and I will agree, Samuel L. Jackson's oh, wig. Oh, so it's a wig? Yes. Okay. By the way, I did read, which is funny, Tarantino was so mad because it was supposed to be a big afro and somehow somehow it ended up being like a like a tight jerry curl wig and he was so mad but then uh Samuel Jackson was like no it's fine we can go with it because that's something that people are doing now like in WA and stuff where they have kind of like not big afros anymore it's like more to their head or like curls and shit going on so he was just, he kind of calmed him huh. and made it do. But <laughs> I heard that story completely different. What do you mean? Back in the day. I, heard, I read or heard that it was, it was supposed this to be an Afro. And then, yeah, but it's hearsay for both of us. I heard that uh, it was actually Samuel Jackson saying, like, no, I want Jerry Curls. 
And Quentin was like, I don't know, man. It's supposed to be an afro. And he's like, no, motherfucker. I want cherry curls. But who knows? It's similar that he was convincing Tarantino that he thought it was the better way to do. But basically just whether or not it was an accident or not. Yeah. And it looks good. (laughs) It's the character. It doesn't, but it it fits better. It's the character. It fits better. So fucking John Travolta. For just looking at his hair, no matter what it's doing, it looks gross and greasy. Like even when it's just like free and flowing, you're like, what's that fucking helmet thing on your head? Okay. And then when he does that weird ponytail, <laughs> it's weird. And he talks like he's from the streets and it seems like it might be genuine, but it's also like, is it like, it just seems weird. And it maybe it's just because it's him and he seems like one of the whitest people in the world who's trying to seem like a cool guy who can just fit in with someone from the streets like it's no big deal yeah it's royale with cheese but then sometimes he says lines that are funny oh he was very funny i think in this movie that's why i think you're supposed to think he's kind of like a lame i think that's why he's the guy who does heroin i don't think jules does anything i think no. jules does his job and he goes home Whereas I think you're supposed to be like Vincent Vega. He plays loose by the rules. He speaks up to like people like the the wolf. Is that what his name was? Uh, Harvey Keitel's character. Mm. I think it's the wolf. Like he speaks up to him. The cleaner. He's the one who's might try and fuck Mia. Oh yeah. So like I think you're supposed to think of him as you're thinking of him as like this try hard almost where he's like putting on airs that he doesn't really have although he will kill a motherfucker like that's obviously not in debate it just kind of he just seems like the guy who's always been chasing after something like please like include me let me play with you yeah, that is how it feels and like he feels like he has something to prove yeah jesus and i do like that they showed him doing the heroin because i think it explains how he talks and like how his eyes are sometimes. There's sometimes mm-hmm. where he's just like doing the character perfect where he's like half open. Although, do you really want to go eat a steak and stuff after you've done heroin? I don't never done heroin, so I would think that I don't that's know. not what you do, <laughs> but I also have never done heroin or, and don't really know how that works. Or is it like when I used to watch uh rehab things and they were like Look, as long as you take care of yourself and you eat and you brush your teeth, you don't have those problems. Yeah, but it's also having an appetite because heroin is so strong. Right. (laughs) Okay, so this is something interesting about the John Travolta, Vincent Vega character. Tarantino wanted Michael Madsen, who played Vic Vega in Reservoir Dogs. Oh, really? But he turned it down to work in Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner, which he later said that he expressed regret over doing that. I would, too. I'd rather be in this than Wyatt Earp. And Harvey Weinstein pushed for Daniel Day-Lewis to do the part. I'm so... No. I don't think... Daniel Day-Lewis seems serious, and I I don't know if I've ever seen him with, like... There is something that John Travolta has, even if it doesn't appeal to me. There's like a charisma, yes, and like, uh, like a. You need that Danny Zuko fucking vibe, almost like a silliness, but not silly. Yeah. I don't get that unintentionally from, silly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't get that from Daniel Day Lewis. And I think Quentin Tarantino movies. I think every character requires a side of humor that I don't think Daniel Day Lewis would have had the. Would brought well, he would have brought too much brevity to the character. Yeah, you know what I mean. Jules is funny. 
I think almost every character has a thing in here where you're like, oh, there was some comedy, except for Butch's girlfriend, but we'll get to that. Uh, And so one thing that, this is on Wikipedia, so true or not, (laughs) Vincent is the brother of Vic Vega. Okay. And in 2004, Tarantino discussed an idea for a movie starring Travolta and Madsen as the Vega brothers. But it's never been done, which that would be hard to do since the They're character... dead. <laughs> <laughs> Madsen is dead and so... Well, not really dead, but Vic Vega is dead and Vincent Vega is fucking dead. So they'd have to do that de-aging bullshit. <laughs> and there are just... There's a lot of... There are notes as far as casting goes like paul caldron who is a i think he's yeah is a puerto rican actor and he i guess uh his first audition wasn't as good as this paul calderon guy who ended up playing the bartender when they go in there so he's the bartender and he's the guy that uh is the heavy they're gonna go back and find a butch yeah, he's, Later. he he works for Marcellus yeah, Wallace. Yeah. Everyone associated with him, it seems, even the bartender. <laughs> even if you're the bartender, sometimes you might have to go kill someone. Uh, but uh, it's uh, that Weinstein convinced Samuel L. Jackson to audition a second time, and he was able to win Quentin Tarantino over. And by God, and yeah, thank fucking God, <sighs> Jules. I. Samuel L. Jackson was not like a huge actor at this point. He wasn't so he wasn't Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. So he wasn't household name, and then when you say his name, people go, motherfucker. Yeah, he is incredible in this movie. And I said here in this note uh that he deserves all the love, respect, and roles he gets, even if they're <laughs> not good and he takes them anyway. Who cares? Like he deserves to be offered those things. He because deserves to be in the Star Wars universe as Mace Windu. He, I, I forgot that he was a part of that with that bald head. <laughs> he's got a purple lightsaber. Ah, he's like yeah. a Teletubby. He's so popular by them that Star Wars is willing to add a color of lightsaber so that he can be happy. Is that what it took? He had to stand out and be different, do you think? I think they just offered it to him. We're like, we're going to give you a purple. And he's like, what? Motherfucker. And it worked out for him. I love, and it's the it's kind of like the birth of this because there's that part in the movie with the wallets, and he's like, "Which one's yours? The one that says bad, bad motherfucker." motherfucker. <laughs> that is totally has become his thing. That's that is Samuel L. Jackson. And the part in the beginning of the movie that I've loved so much, which I think the scene in the apartment when they show up. And there's the flock of seagulls guys on the couch and yeah. stuff like that. I think that that is a great scene. That I whole, really think yeah. that that's it's a very good scene in the movie. It's, it's an engaging scene. You don't stop paying attention. You are sucked in that whole time. And that is a tasty burger. Like the way that he <laughs> says things that he does, and that sh- close up shot when he is drinking the rest of that sprite and just sucking it down. And he just has this like attitude in his eyes. He's just playing the role with his face, and I I just think he's tremendous. Yeah, I do think he's tremendous, and I want to I want to say how tremendous I think he is by in a weird way. This movie, I noticed that sometimes good acting is just yelling at each other. Okay, is screaming, and sometimes I know you're not talking about Amanda Plummer. No, well, no, and sometimes the screams. I laughed at their screams, and I'm like, ha-ha, they're just overworking it. I never once felt that with 
Sam Jackson, and he screams more than anybody in this whole movie. And it's never, I never once went like, look at him hamming it up so that you can feel more acting. It was always, Jesus Christ, that's what he is like. This is Jules yelling at me right now. Whereas other people with like, uh, what's his name, Eric Stoltz, when he's yelling later, I can laugh at Eric Stoltz yelling because it doesn't feel real. I can laugh at fucking Vincent Vega yelling because it doesn't feel real sometimes. It's got that John Travolta hey, to mm, it. Yeah. When it's Sam Jackson, no matter what he's fucking yelling, it feels real. Hey, fuck a seagulls. <laughs> I think that he is one. If there were ever a situation where we went into the same bodega for whatever fucking reason at night and if, if he were or a famous person that I saw... I would probably lose my shit in like <laughs> an embarrassing sort of way. Not like invading him, but just be like, <gasps> and like, just like make a sound and then just start crying and just being like, you oh mean, my God. You mean it turns into one of those YouTube or TikTok videos that you see where they're like, honey, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and the celebrity has to calm the person I down. Just think you're so great. <laughs> um, Vincent Vega and uh, Jules. Are a perfect combo. I don't think Vincent Vega is much without Jules. When I they're agree. doing their conversations and they're just talking like real intelligent humans, they have a better conversation about nothing than I've had with hundreds of people. Yeah. Sure, sure, it's Quentin Tarantino writing it all. But And even if it's sometimes mundane, I think that there is a very... I think that that's something that obviously he's known for his writing and the dialogue that happens in his movies, but the type of conversation that happens, if you actually think about it in a real world situation in between all of these violent moments, it's, uh, it's interesting because it feels realistic. It feels realistic and it makes it feel like a job. It doesn't feel like this, you know, like high action, intense, like it's true. What's going to happen is man looking over other man blah blah blah. this just feels like hey man that's fucked up the other day anyway let's do it even so much it's good that you said it it gets me into this right before they go to the door to knock on the thing and then he's like ah we're early you know we got a few minutes and they go over and they talk more about the situation of mia and then they're getting ready to go do it and samuel jackson says come on let's get in character and right there you're like it is that's a character they understand Jules is not Jules is not the guy that's in the apartment yelling at the people Jules is the calm guy that was before talking to John Travolta the character of Jules the scary guy is what's in the fucking apartment mm-hmm. sure he's killing people and he's capable and he is a monster yes but I feel like you only see that Jules in job Jules I feel like if you're hanging out with Jules at his house He's like, hey, you want a beer? Here you go, buddy. Have a hot dog. So you mentioned something about how you think that together their characters are great and you don't think that Vincent's that's great on his own. Interesting that you bring that up because as soon as uh, Jules decides that he's going to retire, this like, this, uh, I don't know, this watchful eye that seems to be protecting them this divine intervention. Oh yeah. As soon as he's like literally the next day when he's like, I think I'm done because if you look on, which I, I was paying attention to on this watch on Google, it actually lays out the seven different parts of the movie. And then it does say like, this is the order that it actually is in, in the story. Yeah. So it would be the next day that he decided he wasn't going to do it anymore. And then that's when Vincent gets killed. 
Yeah, I never tried to put the timeline where Vincent is. It's literally the next day because it's that the fight it's, is it's, that night. It's after they've taken care of Phil Lamar, after the underwear. It's Be- after the diner stuff. Because they showed up to the bar. Yeah, and that's where Butch clothes. was. You're right. So it is that night. It is, yeah. So, and then the wow. fight is that night. And then the next day. So it's divine intervention for Jules only. Only because when he's out, when they're when that when Alex uh, Arquette's character comes out and tries to shoot them, and shoots just all around them, yeah. and there's no reason why he should have shot like and that. And some they turn around, and some are like, no, it would have been like right through me. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like right here. Yeah, it didn't make sense. Uh, so I think that there was definitely he was a big part of the movie. Vincent, the character of Jules. Oh, Jules. Oh, yeah. Because even just his presence being gone, Vincent is not safe anymore. And I consider the main storyline the Jules and Vincent adventure. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to cut things out of this movie, we're cutting out Mia and we're cutting out uh, maybe parts of the Butch story. Oh, yeah. With all the Fabian stuff. Or Fabian, Fabian, who's or whatever. Fab, who's that? Bru- uh, Butch's chick. Oh yeah. I mean, you had to. There was not. There was. I think there was supposed to be an innocence to her, but she didn't have the innocence. That's why I thought that Uma Thurman's character of Mia was she, so much more important. Uh-huh. I, she was just annoying. I thought she was just so like her. The dialogue was awful between what are you those doing, two. Honey? Oh. Uh, I'm oh, so innocent. I'm so innocent, even though. And he's like, "It's not your fault. It's not your fault." But she was told and reminded, and then still forgot the watch. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, if the watch is that important, he's he should be. She should be first, second in line, but he's third, fourth, fifth, and sixth well, to make sure he got the fucking that's watch. That's the thing with I think cutting up the story, and it kind of messes with the the time frame, and it doesn't flow as much as. It would if it were put actually together chronologically mm. as the story was told. So I don't think that there was a ton of time between him having that meeting and then going to the fight later that evening. I, I don't think there was a ton of time where he could have a re- prearranged something like that without just saying, hey, well, you need to get this stuff because I can't. I, I'm not going to be able to go back because I bet... Yeah. On myself. I, I took the money. You know how we were talking about I might do this and take the money? I took the money. Get the shit together. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the watch. The watch. Don't forget the watch. <laughs> oh, I forgot the watch. I just don't. The Quentin Tarantino stuff did, just did not work in her mouth. I didn't like the whole like, I want to put Billy. Like, this this is, is so dumb. So fucking unneeded. And I know you're trying to like make us love storyline and see why he's risking all this and why it's give me or a pleasure and why he's willing to kill and stuff i just don't give a fuck <laughs> i agree <laughs> i just I, don't care even though i think that there was an innocence to uma thurman's character that was shown when they hung out i still think that it and maybe it is necessary in the the feelings that you feel throughout the movie because if it is just so hardened and doesn't have the softer moments and it's less appealing because I guess it was not easy to get someone to buy this. It yeah. took Harvey Weinstein, who's a fucking weirdo, yeah. who liked the Ooh, movie. I'm going to get to see Uma's feet. <laughs> so, but it, sometimes it takes weirdos to make good art. True. 
It's very true. Some of the best art's been made by some fucking awful people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen George Bush Singer's paintings? Beautiful. Just oh, kidding. they're gorgeous. What about John Wayne Gacy's I paintings? I think it's actually Junior. I, I think I said that wrong. It is Junior. Sorry. It is Junior. You want to take a break? Oh, what time is it? Yeah, I do want to take a break. I don't know what we're going to come back and talk about, but... We still have some characters that we haven't really talked about very much. Uh, we have some stuff. I'm fine with it. Cool. Let's take a little break. Let's take ourselves a b- 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 break. Yes. Good combo so far. Good combo I, so far. I think when we don't try to just follow the storyline. Oh, this is the. It helps so much. We oh, yeah. we had a breakthrough, I think, and we, it's we just can... the more free reign talk. It only took two hundred something episodes to learn how to talk about movies. <laughs> that wasn't the thing that we talked about the most. But we're gonna go out to a song from the Hitman's Bodyguard soundtrack. But this is a song called "Nobody Gets Out Alive" by Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, really? He also sang on the that Black Snake Moan soundtrack yeah. too. So he's he's sang in the past, but I thought I'd uh, maybe see what this is like. He doesn't have a bad voice. It's not necessarily pretty, but it's 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 a good blues voice. He hung out with Yoda. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back. Couple of Critics Podcast presents to you Chuck GPT Theater. This episode is entitled The Doggone Disaster, a comedy of canines. Abe, where's Fluffy? That rascally ruffian has gone astray, and it's all because of your ghastly gaffes. Oh, Fluffy, I might have accidentally granted her freedom during my morning constitutional. My apologies, outrageous, but let's pause yeah, for boy. a moment. Calm down, my man. Apologies won't retrieve our furry fugitive, you towering tumbleweed. We must locate her properly before she becomes... Well, and then just like that, we spent the next half an hour recording five minutes and 20 seconds yeah. of some of the unfunniest bullshit I have ever fucking read. Yep, it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Maybe we should have proofread... Proofread? Proofread. Proofread. Proofread the fucking chat GPT. It was not funny. Nope. The robots are never going to take over because uh-uh. they are not clever enough. Fuck you, T-1000. Yeah, fuck you, T-1000, and fuck the future. Yeah. From here on out, we're only doing human-born ideas. Exactly. We're going to keep it to the classics. Me and you yelling at each other yeah. without any material. Not at all. Goddamn right. Now let's get back to the regular podcast. They Please. can have their fun little chat about whatever the fuck they're talking about. Some movie. Right. You want to go smoke some crack with old Uncle Amy? Yeah, I don't normally, but yeah, I'll smoke some crack with you. Let's do this. Really? Yeah, man. Come on. Fuck yeah. What am I listening to? Razzmatazz by John Travolta. <laughs> From his self-titled album, because he did have some albums. He's been a popular boy. And his... Look at him. He was the boy in the bubble. 
He was. He also has a fucked up chin. I read about what... I mean it's fucked up. Well, he's had a massive wiener chin. So cleft chins and chin dimples have to do with your bone not fusing all the way. Oh, shit. So that's what those actually are when that happens. Really? It's that it, but it's, it's more of like a... Um, oh, what is it called? It's just like a, f- a physical thing. It's not a, a, like an important thing. It's just like a, a beauty mark gotcha. or not. Like, a so, bone defect that happens to look good sometimes. Not not that it looks good or doesn't. It's just that it doesn't affect you yeah. in any way. But it is typically hereditary. So I went and I looked at... Because, of course, John Travolta has... I mean, he has a quite the dimple chin. Yeah, it's huge. And I looked through his siblings and his parents... Only I could only see on his dad. It also had a dimple chin. I couldn't see it on anyone else. What about his kids? Bum bum bum. I don't think. I don't think the dead one does. There's did. a dead one. Yeah, he had a what? son. He and Kelly Preston's son died when he was like 16 because he used to have. He was like he was autistic and he had a lot of seizures and it was something he was 16 or 17 Jeez. where I think he had a seizure and hit his head like oh. in the bathroom or something like that. And died. Fuck. It was tragic. Who? John Travolta and Kelly Preston. That's right. Who the hell is Kelly Preston? She's also an actress. She was in quite a lot, but she died from breast cancer. My God, what? John Travolta needs to not be near people. Well, they did make another baby uh, before she died, but she died in 2020 from breast cancer at 57. Mm. So that was not... uh, yeah, that's she was in Twins. She was in Jerry Maguire. Can I see what the she looks like? None of that's going to mean anything to me. I got to see a picture. And then it still possibly won't mean anything to me. She's very pretty. I think. I have no idea who that is. Don't no idea. Too bad she's had the breast cancer. Yeah, I don't know who that is at all. I'm sorry, Kelly Preston fans, but I thought Kelly Kapowski when you said Kelly Preston at first. She was in For the Love of the Game. I know you've seen that a lot. She was in Jack Frost. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've seen Jack Frost, the horror movie. I guess she was in From Dusk Till Dawn. She was in the classic Battlefield Earth. From Dusk Till Dawn? I've seen that a bunch. I have too, but I don't know. I don't remember what she would have been in that. Was she a naked vampire? Probably not. Yeah. That doesn't seem like it'd be her style. <laughs> But she did this movie called Bo- Broken Bridges with uh, Jeff with Bridges, Toby Keith. Oh, yeah, don't recognize her. I'm sorry, Kelly Preston. That's her funny. name, right? Mm-hmm. It's weird. Usually, I recognize a face, but no, nah. So we are uh, back. We are reviewing. Back. We're back. That's what We're I was back referencing. To review pop fiction. <laughs> We're back. So I decided to come up with a little thing for no good reason, but just for fun. Um, I wanted to come up with a little, um, we can call it a game. We can call it whatever. It's just something interactive for activity. us. Activity. A little activity. And uh, okay, so. Uh, I don't know what it is at all. So this is a surprise to me. Quentin Tarantino is known for having lots of bad words in his movies. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to go buy each movie or anything because obviously you haven't seen all of his movies either. Okay. Um, but I do want to do two different, uh, rounds of this. So first I would like to 
have you pick what you think the order is from, uh, we'll say least to most of these swear words that are in Pulp Fiction. Okay. How many of these word, times these words so are used? So the top word being the most used, bottom word the least used. Yes. So the words that you have to choose from are bitch. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> ask. N-word. Goddamn! Now they don't actually say N words. Everybody and knows shit. I'm, of course not. <laughs> no, and that is one thing that Spike Lee has a big problem with Quentin Tarantino Does he? about. Because almost every movie Quentin Tarantino writes, he puts it in there eight million times. Especially, he really doesn't like the scene in Pulp Fiction where Quentin Tarantino puts him in because he doesn't need to say the things that he's saying. Especially considering that you see that he's married to a black woman, which yep. is supposed to like smooth it over and make sure. it okay. Um, Things like that feel like Quentin just wanted to say it. Well, I guess that (laughs) there are people like uh, Sam Jackson who, and people in his movies like uh, uh, Jamie Foxx who have defended the use of of him writing it in because of the actual time. And people would have used that word a lot, but it's just hard to hear with these ears uh, in this time. (laughs) And even then, it was just unnecessary for what Quentin said in the movie. I I get putting it in if if the character is a known racist or if the character is black, is black and that's how they're talking to each other. But I don't... The nerdiest I, white guy? I, I think it's pretty easy to not put that scene, that section in there. Or he could have been, like, been like... He could have said like... Uh, Do you see a sign that says dead guy parking? Not dead inward storage? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, necessary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he just and he went, said it every <clears throat> sentence, five sentences in a row. He just... he He's going for that. He wants you to like feel that uncomfort. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, so, so we've got bitch, fuck, ass, n word, goddamn shit. Bitch, fuck, ass, n word, goddamn shit. Pulp fiction, <laughs> which words do All you right. think were used the most to the least? There are other things in this chart, um, like other epithets and euphemisms for genitalia, but I didn't think those were as. I, I, I omitted those, so we're just doing the actual words. Okay, I've got fuck at number one. I'm going to put... I'm going to put... Bitch at two. I'm going to put... Shit at three. I'm going to put... N-word at four. I'm going to put... Ass at five. And I'm going to put... Goddamn at six. All right, let's go through Fuck, bitch, shit, N-word, ass, goddamn. All right, so let's start with the... Lowest word on here uh, is actually inward. Oh come on! It was all used right. five times, and I believe all five of those were Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't. <laughs> I remember Sam Jackson saying it once for sure. Once, I think those once other for sure <laughs> were Quentin. So inward is the lowest. The next one that we have is goddamn. I was so close. You, I knew goddamn was low. You were close on that. Really, I could remember most. I just remembered Uma Thurman. Once she's snorting coke in the bathroom, and she goes, "God damn!" Yeah, she does. God I forgot. damn! <laughs> forgot about that. That is two right there. All right, next we have the word "bitch." Really? I thought it was for sure in the diner scene when he's like, "Tell the bitch to be cool." Tell the bitch to be cool. The website I got this from they counted every cuss word in all of his movies, so "bitch" was used twelve times. All right. In um. Oh no! I'm looking at Reservoir Dogs. Hold on. Oh! Oh! I'm sorry. Oh, 
We have to do this again. Okay, well, I'm putting it back. I'm an asshole. I keep looking at the top one is Reservoir Dogs because they're in the order. Okay. It's close, though. It's it's close. So, bitch <laughs> is actually the last one. You had okay. goddamn. All right. So, yeah. that's even no, lower than what we thought. bitch way higher than that. And then the next one would be the N-word. Okay. And which is close. Bitch is 13 times. Okay. And word is 14 times. Okay. So, yeah, it was only five times in, in Reservoir Dogs. So I know Quentin okay. said it <laughs> yeah. a lot. Okay. Right. So, uh, yeah, 14 times. And the next would be Goddamn. Okay. Goddamn. Goddamn. At 16. 16? Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. All right. So close, but yeah, not exact. Can, I apologize. Can the last for my three, mistake. can I try and get the last three reordered? We've got fuck shit and ass. And, uh, you actually don't need to. Did I, Oh, really? You got the top three correct. Boom! Fuck shit and ass. Fuck shit and ass were the top three. How many times was ass said? 47 times. Okay. I can, I can hear it a few times when... I remember uh, Jules said... If anybody heard that, it was the ass. <laughs> shit. I mean, shit you could just throw in. Everywhere. Shit was 72. And fuck... It goes in every fucking way you fucking want to fucking put it. This is, he had, okay, this is the number two of the, of fuck in any of his movies by four fucks. Reservoir Dogs beats this by four fucks. <laughs> okay. You, am I to guess how many fucks? How many shits were there? You Please can tell if you me. want to. I do. Shits were 72. 72. I'm going to go 111 nope. fucks. 265. <laughs> <laughs> but, so imagine how many were in South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut, because I know it took the record then. Yeah, that actually took a Guinness Book World record. <laughs> All right, so let's just out of uh, curiosity, I know that you've only, let's see, I'll ask real quick what movies you've seen. Reservoir Dogs. Yes, I have. I have as well. Pulp Fiction. Yes, now. <laughs> yes, now. Jackie Brown. No. No. Kill Bill Volume 1. Parts. I've never seen it. Kill Bill Volume 2. Parts. Never seen it. Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Yes. Django Unchained. Yes. One time. Yeah. yeah. With you. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Hateful Eight. No. No. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A section of it. You, you watched it. Oh, really? And I, and I walked in and I watched the scene where... He bashes that chick's head in that's doing the Manson yeah, that's stuff. That's the end of the movie. Yeah, the movie was... is not violent pretty much at all until that point. And, and walking well, into it. I can't it, say it all. But... Walking into that without getting like prepped up into Quentin Tarantino world was a little jarring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. A lot of and people... I'm a gore guy. I'm fine with gore and stuff. But it was like. Well, he's also doing Jesus. it to women. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's also not. Um, God, what was I going to say? I lost it. It's really easy for me to do that, unfortunately. Uh, it was just not for me. I don't even remember. What I was, I was say, but okay. <laughs> I just I didn't haven't love seen the it. movie. Haven't but, seen most of it. But I would like to watch it again. Uh, even though, yeah, and that's it until now. So you've probably not seen even half of them. Nope. Uh, so not a huge Quentin Tarantino head. Let me compare these to the numbers here what are you oh are you still trying to do to this? see if uh, uh, all of his okay it is different it's a little bit different if you rearrange these regarding all of his movies so i'm not gonna have you do it but i just so you can see bitch is also last he uses bitch the least 
out of all of his movies. Oh, you're talking about across the board. Across the board of all of his movies. Oh, okay, I want to do this then. Oh, if you it's do? across the board, I thought you were going to give me another specific movie. No. I didn't want to do that. But across the entire... I told you bitches. Across, across the, the entire Quentin Tarantino world. So bitch is last. Bitch is last. <sighs> I've got fuck ass shit and word goddamn bitch. All right, so the last one is bitch, like I said. Oh, I got that right. Yeah. The next one is goddamn. I got that right. The next lowest one after goddamn. Well, uh, we'll actually say bitch is 90. Uh, goddamn is 137. Next would be ass. Ah, oh, damn it. With a 210. Okay. And then. Then we're going to be number one. No. <laughs> <laughs> n-word is 214 so n-word is above ass okay and then uh we have shit with 295 and fuck is number one of course oh, it's gotta be in the thousands no but almost it's 901 times <laughs> out of nine movies he's which really isn't that bad at the end of this 10th one he's gonna make it an even thousand so it's like divisible by 10 He's, and 10's in the number. He only It's only said 16 times in Kill Bill Volume 1. Hmm. 18 times in The Hateful Eight, which surprises me because I guess if I expect The Hateful Eight, I assume, and it's just like a bunch of people in a cabin just talking shit to each other, I guess I assume fuck would maybe be said more. Yeah, but I think if it's an older style movie, I don't think Frontiersmen were saying fuck as much as like a 1994 L.A. gangster. You know what I mean? Yeah, even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was uh 121 jackie brown 137 and then yeah pulp fiction 265 and reservoir dogs 269 how many times a day do you think you say fuck a lot i laughed at my sister yesterday during my nephew's uh graduation thing and it's because she would say stuff like i don't think i don't know that i say fuck as many times as she did which is why i'm bringing this up because it'd be like <laughs> And be like, that fucking thing fucking did this. <laughs> and then I just laughed because she's talking to my dad specifically like that. And I'm just like, man, times have changed. Because I remember when I was the only one who swore around my dad and she was like, I don't know. I've not like it. Like it, it's she was weird. Worried I still about don't it. do it. Well, because your mom actually doesn't like it. No. Mom, she actually goes, what? Watch your mouth and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, I feel like my dad just. He's accepted. Deals with it. I don't know that he. I don't. I assume he doesn't like it. I assume that your dad. He doesn't talk like that. Hair is fucking gorgeous. <laughs> his hair is gorgeous. But he, his wife Judy, I guess, uh, swears like a sailor. He has. Oh, said, really? They have said so. I've heard that my mom cusses or swears a lot more than. I've heard your mom say the f word many times. And I've never heard her say it once. Are you not once? Not once. That's wild. She's never had to say it to me. She's never said the C word around me. She though. said it to Bob once or twice because it was like, you do so good and then you fuck it all up. <laughs> Sometimes I have ideas that I'm going to make memes or I'm going to do things or I like take uh, download pictures to send to people. Yeah. And goddamn, going through my downloads uh, folder on my phone. I'm sure it's probably like that for you too. I'm sure you're probably not uh, maintaining things like you should. I mean, only my pubes. So if we're going to talk more about the characters and this, which I think that that's a good way to... Oh, yeah. It, 
his movies are very character based and it's all the movie is set up between or it's mostly couples whether they're in a relationship or it's a couple of people and it's their stories it it has the two people who are going to rob the uh restaurant it's honey bunny and pumpkin yes it's (laughs) it's vincent and uh jules it's yeah i never thought about uh, that it's butch and fabian it's uh her name is fabian fabian yeah okay i'm gonna have to write that down so i can reference her and uh at one point it was marcellus and butch it was vincent and mia it's usually just two characters interacting for the most part throughout the movie it's a, it's a it's a duo mm-hmm. except for the harvey keitel section that's really the only like group effort going on no but one thing since you brought up harvey keitel who doesn't have a very big role he comes in as the cleaner after phil lamar's head gets oh, accidentally blown off so we can talk about phil lamar really quick phil lamar is a funny guy i've always thought phil lamar uh-huh. was funny he looks funny and i don't mean like ugly i just mean like he looks like a fucking funny guy. You know, yeah. Sometimes they just have it. So when he gets his head blown off on this, which I knew was coming, it's just one of those scenes that and you've seen culture. before. Yeah. It still pops every time. Because like, mm-hmm. it's so unexpected I'm sure, and weird. And I'm sure people know exactly the moment, but like even the second watch, I was like, I don't remember what word gets out of John Travolta's mouth before he gets shot. So it still fucking surprised me when Phil gets shot in the fucking face. I think it also, that part, that accident happening, he has the gun in his hand and his finger on the trigger when he turns around and is having a conversation. Anyone who handles guns knows that that's not what you do. So I really think that he was kind of a doofus. Reckless. And he... Things... Heroin got addict. done because of Jules. <laughs> Absolutely. Jules is the fucking main man. He's I think that's why Jules can also talk to Marcellus Wallace like he does on the phone. Where he's like, motherfucker, I wanted you to say this. <laughs> like, Seems like Marcellus is like feared and you wouldn't talk to him like that. But Jules is like such respected. Yeah. And he's and an old, older guy in the he, game. Yeah. So, but anyway, Harvey <sighs> Keitel. Harvey Keitel, the cleaner. It's funny that the he wolf. comes up. <laughs> Uh, to, because he doesn't really do that much himself. He, no. he makes the, he just tells them how to clean stuff up. He's more the brains, but he's not, not physically actually cleaning stuff up. No, he's a manager. He, he knows he's like, you do the, he's, he delegates things and that's why shit gets done. And I like the, he puts off an aura of like, you listen to this guy, you will get shit done except for one fucking Vincent asked him to say please. It's mm-hmm. like, Glad! You gotta stop! Uh, I don't remember what I was gonna say now. The dog is distracting. Vincent Vega. He said, fuck off. God damn it! Vincent, the name Vincent Vega reminds me of the name Lou Vega, and it makes me want to sing Mambo, Mambo number five. five. <laughs> a little bit of jewels in my life, a little bit of Marsalis on my side. Oh, the cleanup guy. It, it, it adds more to Vincent Vega of like, dude, stop. Like, he is the goon. He's ridiculous when he, he doesn't make sure all the blood's off his hands before ruining a towel. And he's talking back to, like, the wolf, where even Jules is like, yes, sir, like, let's get this shit done. Even on the phone when Jules is talking to him, like, oh, you're sending the wolf? Oh, it's all good, baby. Like, he's done. But Vincent's so, like, in his own world, 
in his own like yeah, dazed out world, he'll just be like, hey, watch this. Not only do some of those things, I think, come with wisdom and experience, which gives Joel's an upper hand. But yeah, I just think that the character of Vincent Vega is that he's someone who's more trying to play a part and he just doesn't quite have it. A little more reckless than everybody, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I when he, not smart. When he went to clean his hands with that towel and he gets blood on it, I saw it coming before it even happened. I was like, I saw Samuel Jackson cleaning his hand off and it stayed clean. And I was like, fucking Vincent's going to fuck up a towel. And then it fucking happened. And I felt what Samuel L. Jackson was saying or what Jules was saying in that moment. Like, what mother- I used the same soap as you and I didn't leave the thing looking like a maxi pad. Especially since, yeah, they're just stopping by someone's house because this accident happened. And it was, can we use your place? to clean this up the accident that scene is so funny in the accident too when it's just played off a dude just got his fucking brains blown out mm-hmm. and they're both just sitting there like oh man what an inconvenience and they're just covered in like brain matter <laughs> and there's stuff stuck in uh that jerry curl wig yeah it's just this matter of factness of just like yeah brain matter of factness ah, damn it now we gotta clean this up even though they are worried about cops and stuff and there's like an urgency to it they still put this like mundaneness to it where it's almost like, like if you worked at a restaurant and the grease trap accidentally overflowed and now fuck, now I got to clean that grease trap. That's what it felt like, but it's a human's brains everywhere. But, uh, Harvey Keitel, I wanted to say with him, do you think that he works for Marcellus or do you think that, he works with Marcellus. Yeah. Do you think the wolf was just like so prolific that he gets hired by bigger guys and he's just, he doesn't yeah. work for a central one. Correct. He's just like, he's the cleanup guy for almost anybody. I think and he, he doesn't talk. He has mm-hmm. no like allegiances. He just cleans up whatever fucking mess there is. Mm-hmm. I think he's just one of the, one of the main guys. Cause he won't say anything and he'll do his job and he gets paid handsomely. Seems like it when he pulls out that fucking huge wad of cash. To well, I mean, also like his Clint vehicle Tarantino. and he's dressed kind of. And are the nicely. cops in with Marcellus Wallace and the people that work with him? Because he's driving a fucking car fast enough that it's supposed to take 30 minutes and he gets there in nine minutes and 50 something seconds. I could be wrong, but I think that there is a part when he because he does drive that vehicle to take it to like dump it with the body in the trunk and he says i does he say that he'll take unless i'm he'll take the car with jewels no but am i mixing this from another movie where or something where he says that he'll handle anything like if there any uh i I don't know if i'm pulling this from something else if cops pull him over he doesn't say that specifically but like i'll handle any like fines or something does he say that in this movie i don't remember that he says something to the effect of uncle marcel or marcel marcellus wallace will fucking he can pay for these linens that are from your aunt that's about the max what i hear about that okay yeah i'm not sure and that jules and nobody's supposed to do anything unless he does something like if they get pulled over and stuff yeah but i do Okay, so they do talk about cops. So maybe the cops aren't working for I wouldn't think Wallace that they then. are, but okay. I think that they're he is smart enough to maybe know how maybe the cops aren't working for them, but maybe he knows someone in the force who cuz there's always they're always dirty cops. 
oh. who are working with people because they get paid yeah. for not fucking with certain people. So m- <laughs> maybe there's a connection. So maybe a small time cop would pull him over, but then and once- then he radioed in. They'd be like, "Let him go." <clears throat> Something, <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of the Harvey Keitel character, this leads to and when they dump the car, fucking it's Pat. <laughs> Yeah, Jan is that, Hooks. Is that her name? Jan Hooks. Jan Hooks. Who's also dead. Also She's not with dead? Us. Yeah, she died a while ago. What the fuck? Maybe from cancer or something. I think mm. it was another young cancer killer. Well, it's probably good she died before she got canceled for doing the It's Pat character. <laughs> I love It's Pat. <laughs> I haven't seen... giving representation. I haven't seen any It's Pat skit or anything in a long time, so I don't remember what the joke actually is this is the joke that you just you just don't, just know. don't know i think it's it's not, not like it's the joke n- is like ooh, look at them they're a I don't, tra- a transvestite it's not that right no because they never say anything about dave foley clearly being a, a man that looks like he's dressed up like a woman in what in them in and it's pat Oh, I forgot Dave Foley's in that fucking movie. I was thinking of the... I think it's really... I think it's much more like lighthearted and, and nice and unoffensive, technically. But I could be wrong. <laughs> could be completely wrong. <laughs> All right. So we don't have a lot. I I did mention Amanda Plummer, daughter of Christopher Plummer. She was in Needful Things. She's been in many different movies. She plays a crazy sounding woman wonderfully. Oh, Amanda Plummer... She's phenomenal. She's another character y- yelling actor. No. But it fucking works. When she's like, you motherfuckers! Yeah, she, the way she turns the crazy on, yeah. she's phenomenal. Yeah, and she looks it. She's got a look to her. She's not pretty. She's not pretty. I think she could be pretty. And I don't mean that like... No, I think you it's could, her mouth. I don't, think, I don't mean that like you can doll her up and make her pretty. I think she would be pretty like you would hang out with her and she would be so cool. You'd be like, oh, okay, sure. everything yeah. that like looks weird about her is now turning me on because she's so fucking like cool. Well, I would never think that, but uh... but that happens sometimes. We're like a weird thing. You're like, oh, but you're so cool now that like your That's... giant nose is fucking hot. That's why I think that most people have attractive qualities to them. It's just mm-hmm. kind of easy to look at someone on the surface and not see what it is about them. That's unique because so often people, uh, in my opinion, they just look like everyone else when they get like their nose fixed. And it's like uh, yeah. you having like a bump on your nose. It's the, it, it made you you. That's the whole and what's her fucking nice. name. I like Jennifer Grey. Yeah, it's the whole Jennifer Grey thing. And it ruined her career. Yeah. Because she didn't look like her anymore. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah, Amanda Plummer. Amanda great. Plummer. She makes so many acting choices in this. And I think they probably chose her because she makes such acting choices when she's listening to him. And she's like. Puts her head down on the table. It's a weird fucking acting choice, but I can see it in real life. She got that job because Tim Roth was like, he won, he got her that job. Oh, really? Yeah. So they worked together as like a, a par- partners in crime in the movie, but he was the one who convinced Tarantino, like, mm. you should hire her because I think she's great. And good thing he did because... I think they make a good duo. And when he, they're doing the whole Jules thing, and she, he's like, what are we doing? She's like, I gotta go pee. <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. She seems mentally unstable, and then when they she, kiss, it's disgusting. She is mentally unstable. <laughs> and then, yeah, and they kiss, and it's gross. I didn't realize that Tarantino also wrote uh, Natural Born Killers, by the way, but he didn't direct it. Oh, he gave it to Oliver Stone? Mm-hmm. It, okay. And it's weird as It fuck. has that vibe. It's, they have that Mickey and uh, 
Mallory vibe. Mm -hmm. It's just not as extreme. Yeah. Which. So somebody walking on our porch, didn't it? No, I don't think so. It just sounded like fuck somebody something up? hit the screen. <laughs> it has that same vibe, and I can see, I can see Quentin Tarantino's directed version of Natural Born Killers in my head, and it's not so different from the Oliver Stone version. Oliver Stone, I think, went real extreme with colors and like and, angles and, and stuff, like turning the camera. Yeah, I think Quentin like would have been grosser. Doorways, weird angles and shit. Whereas Quentin would have kept it more realistic. But they are the same world. I can definitely feel it. Definitely feel that. So yeah, Honey not a buddy. whole lot to say about uh, that other because they had s- the diner scenes were shorter. They were than uh, most of the movie. I, Is even I would think I think the main I would I guess it's hard because they they break up the Vincent and um, Jules? Jules parts, but the Butch part with Bruce Willis is also very long but it's also just one big chunk for the most part because you get the story when he's young when christopher walken comes in and he served in the military with his dad and he it was the watch it was the watch that we talked about earlier it was stored in his dad's ass (laughs) so it wouldn't be stolen uh, because it was like a think a generational thing and then when he died Christopher uh, Walken's character stored it in his ass for two years before he made it out. I held this uncomfortable piece of metal on my ass for two years. And then gave it to Butch when he was young. And uh, then that's the watch that the girl forgets that's so sentimental to him that he <laughs> freaks out and throws a TV yeah, over. That part's hilarious. He throws... <laughs> It's so extreme. Every choice in this movie is so extreme. Quentin went, you get so mad, you throw a TV. You don't throw something at the TV. He picks the TV up and throws it. Well, they are in a hotel, so he also doesn't give a shit. And you, come on, trash the hotel room, dude. But he's also, he's a boxer. And he is just, he's more of like a meat-headed, angry person to me. He just seems more like a scoundrel street guy who just kind of like got a break but he's also involved with like Marsalis and people who he probably shouldn't be and they're doing the whole trope of boxing is always side by side with crime crime and, and fixing fights and stuff like that um christopher walken i wanted to say that scene is made by christopher walken mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure he could have gotten someone else and it would have been like it would have worked because it's a funny thing where he's like hit it in my ass and stuff but for Christopher Walken to Christopher Walken that speech, it's memorable, and you're just—I forgot about it until we watched it the second time. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh yeah, Christopher Walken again." <laughs> so speaking of Christopher Walken performances that are be are made by him in a movie written by Quentin Tarantino, he has a part which I think might be—it's the best part of True Romance. You should probably watch this movie sometime as well, even though. The main stuff is kind of whatever, bleh, but there is a classic scene between him and Dennis Hopper, and it is every, it's, it, there are a lot of, uh, the N-word is thrown around quite a bit, so it works for it. Uh, Quentin wrote that? Yeah. Quentin? Uh, My boy Quentin? Uh, <laughs> but it's such a good scene that is, it, it would be nothing if it didn't have Christopher Walken 
delivering it. The way that his inflections are at times and when it, the words that his voice chooses to go up on. Yes. He is such an odd duck. Yes. Have you have you heard the like story of how he reads scripts? No, I don't. He gets them that. sent to him with no punctuation because he doesn't want any inflection or to tell him how to say sentences. So everything is given to him as just word, 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 word. So he puts the inflection where he wants to. That's so odd, but I guess that he's been doing this long enough. Do you remember when we had cable at one point? I think about this sometimes. And we were just scrolling through, going flipping through the channels. And we, I think it may have started at the, like, the Russian roulette scene of the deer hunter. We had never seen this before. And we were sucked in like immediately. I remember watching the, re- I remember watching the rest of that movie at some point. Uh, what do you mean? Like you, like when, it, when we stumbled it on it, I remember seeing like the, yeah, the Russian roulette scene and him putting the gun against his head, and then like it goes on from there. I don't remember the rest of the movie. I feel like we watched it for a while. The Deer Hunter, right? That's yeah, what it was called. That's another movie I would like to see. And I feel like Walken. we saw it before the it Russian roulette scene, and then we were, then it went into it. No, yeah, I think that, but it was. Yeah. I just remember that being very memorable. As far as not seeing much really of it, movie. but it, yeah. And it's Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken has to know what happened to Natalie Wood. Oh, yeah. I don't believe that he doesn't know anything. Oh, he knows. He fucking I don't believe so, it. It's not so horrible about like <laughs> media and music and movies and stuff. Like, like ah, great actor, Christopher Walken. Oh, wait, he knows about the death of somebody and he won't talk about it. He was on the boat. (laughs) Fuck. He was on the boat when she supposedly may have fallen off and he has no idea what happened. But then Uh, I've also I've read something about how like it was explained how it could have happened and how like they could truly be like innocent and not know what had happened. Yeah. But so who really knows who the fuck knows. But you also feel like maybe the other guy went up to him and threatened him. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Bruce Willis' character. What is his name? Butch? He's Butch. I agree with... He does seem like a street ruffian. Like, he just mm-hmm. got into... But he doesn't seem dumb. No, he's not he dumb. He has he's a street full smart. sack of potatoes in there. Yeah. It's pre-mashed potato brain Bruce Willis. But he's pompous. Now, he might be... I agree. He might be a reason to be pompous, but like Marcellus says, eventually that is going to go away. Now, it doesn't go away on this. When he's Marcellus is talking to him, it's his name's Marcellus, right? Marcellus Wallace? Yes. Okay. Marcellus it's Wallace is, in real life. Yeah. Marcellus Wallace is talking to him and telling him, you know, like, you're going to dive on the fifth round. Like, that's when you're going to take the dive. Uh, and he's saying, like, you know, you're getting old. How many fights you got left in it? The first time you watch it, I see Bruce Willis's face, and I think he's thinking the same thing Marcellus Wallace is thinking. Like, he's right. I'm an old dog. In fights, being in your 30s is being an old fucking dog. You know what I mean? And I thought the first round of watching it is like him being like, you're right. I'm taking the money for this reason. The second time I watched yeah, it, I don't have that. Feeling. That is not what Bruce Willis is fucking thinking. In his I never head. Had He's that thinking feeling. I'm going to kill the fucking guy in the ring. He's playing the game. Which he does. Because he wants the money. Oh, he yes. Didn't, he didn't, I don't think he meant to kill the guy. I think he seemed genuinely surprised when he found out that the guy died. I think he was genuinely surprised. But I think in his head at that time, it was in all his or head. He's going to be like. I know you think I'm going to take the dive, but I'll kill this motherfucker. Like, he's not literally thinking. He's thinking, like, 
I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. You're challenging me. My ego's not taking yeah. this. I'm not. As done. in, like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of this guy. Like, you know. But then, legitimately, does kill him. And Bruce Willis's character, Butch, knew the whole fucking time he was gonna whoop this guy's ass. He's got fights left in him. He's just tired of having to fight for this money. So he's gonna do this one last fight. Prove that he's still the fucking best, and he's going to take your fucking money, but that's where he's pompous. And not even that, he bet on himself, so he supposedly has yeah, way more like money Yeah, like on 11 fucking bookies? Yeah. So he's he knows he's confident in that, but it's a bad confidence in that, like, if Vincent wouldn't have been taking a shit, Butch would have been dead. If he wouldn't have run him with that car, Butch would have been dead. Yeah. There's many avenues where Butch is dead. It is odd <laughs> to me that he was able to make all that noise without Absolutely. Uh, Vincent who's unless Vincent was high. And it and Oh my god, you just fucking got it. I never once thought of that. I didn't they, either until just they now. Because they don't portray him as a super junkie, but you're fucking right. Because there's He might no not way. even have been taking a shit. He might have been shooting up. Huh. <laughs> I just thought he was taking a shit. And maybe he was making noise so he didn't hear the toaster. Yeah, because I thought that too. I was like, he's walking around. He's clomping around. He fucking said his own name he out was, loud. He was being careful at first, but then... But then he's what? like, butchie, you got him. Clomp, clomp, clomp. Pop-tarts. Do, 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 do. Toaster. <laughs> like, yeah. So... But it's fucking heroin. That's what it is. I won, That was his catalyst. Is that That's what it was. That's what took him down. And he blows Vincent Vega away. With that badass gun. That everyone in the apartment complex would have heard. Well, it has that supposed <laughs> silencer on it. Because they always had those silencers in movies. That aren't real. That aren't real. And also, I thought... I. Okay, so he he blows he he kills Vincent Vega and then he decides that he is going to leave. He does get the watch and he I've never seen someone try to wipe their fingerprints off of a gun worse than Bruce Willis's character in this movie. I think that's on purpose. Just to show that he, that everyone is still kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, the I, smartest person I is think, Jules who got out of it. I do think that angle, but I also think that it's Another form of extremity in in the opposite way, like he's barely gonna. Like you would think he'd have to get like a whole rag. You're used to seeing like the rag and all the wiping off and the blah blah blah. So the anti-extreme is he just takes a Kleenex and like kind of just rubs it. Kind of rubs one side <laughs> barely. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. There's the whole other other side of the gun. Yeah. Oh, that was done not well at all. Um, which yeah. is why I think that he's probably not going to have. He's not going to live to be an old man. Butch? I think that he, no. with what happens with Marcellus Wallace, and he, Marcellus, forgives him for fucking him over because he saved him. He saved his life. If he didn't come back and save him from those guys, oh, those fucking God, are we going to talk about these fucking hillbillies? Jeez. Um, what, a, what a crazy series of events for Butch. <laughs> yeah, like you think you're just going to blow this guy's head off because you fucked him over and you know that he's going to send people after you and your life's going to be hard. Um, but then there's this, like, you go through this thing together. Marcellus Wallace gets raped uh, by I mean, these fucking hillbillies. To, to just find yourself in a pawn store, a pawn shop, that just so happens to be run by a guy who's going to abduct you and with his friend Zed are going to ass fuck you. They could have picked any other pawn shop in the whole 
L.A. County, and they picked the one that you get kidnapped and butt-fucked in. Maybe it's the idea that they're, you're always going to have problems no matter where yeah. you go because everyone has their own story. And maybe uh, the way they live. Yeah. Maybe the world just takes them to other things. He does say the spider just caught some flies. So I will say that I really like the choice that he made because I think that he has questionable character. Who, who are Butch we talking about? Char- Butch, Butch has questionable character throughout the movie. He makes okay. he's a very selfish person for yes. the most part. He's out for his money and getting him and his woman Fabian to somewhere. I don't know. Uh, just away with money yeah. so he can get out of the game, I guess, because he thinks he deserves better. Not saying that he doesn't, but uh, he just came, seems kind of like uh, un- shady, untrustworthy. Um, I really like that he decided to not let those hillbilly assholes win because whether or not it meant anything, it, he did the right thing by turning back around. Cause yeah, he could yeah. have been scot-free, but he ended up scot-free anyway. He ended up scot-free. And anyway. he doesn't have to worry about Marsalis Wallace having people try to hunt him down for the rest of his life. However, I think he's such a shit stain as a person. I think even though he got this money and he got this uh, forgiveness from Marsalis, I think he will would probably not live to be an old man character-wise because I think he's going to get mixed up in something else at some point because he's yeah. a boxer. He's addicted to adrenaline yeah. and action. He's just going to find the next Marcellus Wallace in the next place he goes to. Or he's going to try to be a Marcellus Wallace. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, who's that blonde guy that fucks... Marcellus Wallace in the butt. <laughs> he is so familiar looking. This, yeah. His eyes okay. are crazy. Are you ready for this? Because I think that you're going to be surprised when you see. He's been in a lot of things. Yeah. His name is Peter Green. Okay. He was the bad guy in The Mask. <gasps> the Mask. The Mask. That's what it was. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so when this scene happened and they bring out the gimp, is do you think this is a lot of people's introduction to what a gimp is? Probably, and there's no explanation. No, or who the gimp is. No, I did look it up, and it, it wasn't Quentin. I mean, it, well, there, it, it, there's an actor, like, I saw who it was, but it's... I was going to ask, is it, like, a famous actor that would be hilarious? Like, you know how South Park will give, like, George just, Clooney the role of a barking dog? Yeah, it wasn't that. <laughs> I didn't know if it was, like, Brad Pitt in the gimp costume, you no, know what I mean? It's just some character actor. He looked tall, which is why I thought it was Quentin Tarantino, because Quentin Tarantino seems tall to me. Brad Pitt's first, uh, not first movie, but one of his earlier movies was in... Uh, he had a small role in True Romance. Oh, and he was a he was a stoner, and he made a bong out of one of those honey bears. Oh, you've told me about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Soundgarden plays. He's listening to Soundgarden. <laughs> it's worth a watch at least once. True Romance. Just the title. I know. Alone. I know. Makes me not I understand. Watch it. I understand. Um, that whole den of butt fucking in those people. It's so dark. It's so of the that's movie. like the the darkest section I think of the movie is like when you mm-hmm. see Marcellus getting raped and the guy in the background who's getting he's off just, on he's it like yeah fuck him on fuck his him. friend yeah. raping him yeah and then it and they add the extra authoritarian look he's not a cop he's a security he's guard he's a security guard but yeah. it gives the authority look and it just adds this extra dimension of like uh, I didn't even think about this almost a uh, cop fucking over the black man now. Yeah. Can, uh, literally no, I think I think that there's supposed to be uh, deep imagery with that I just now thought of that but you're, yeah 
like cops you can't trust anyone yeah you truly just can't trust anyone you would see someone in a security guard outfit and you would think that they would be safe it's like someone you could go to when he ends up being the the worst person (laughs) in the movie and you could tell he's in charge Mm -hmm. of that whole butt fuck den so that guy's getting sloppy seconds yeah he probably likes sloppy seconds um, it's probably, uh, I don't want to say details, never mind. <laughs> His dick's bigger, so it gets holed out by Zed. Well, I was just then... talking about the specific orifice <laughs> used. It might be better if uh, if someone uh, lubes it up for you first. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so That's so horrible. When Butch is about to leave, and he's going through, but he decides to stay, and he's going through weapons choices. Yeah. What would you have chosen? He's got the hammer, the first bat. The chainsaw and the samurai sword. Hammer's too dangerous. Absolutely. And it would be the dirtiest. Yep. I think that the baseball bat would be fun, but you still have to get a little too close. Yeah. Uh, even closer with that little chainsaw. Even closer with the chainsaw. The chainsaw also would have been very dirty. The sword was the right way to go. The only thing that I was worried about with the sword, if this is real life, is most of the time, I don't think those They're swords... Sharp. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking put together very well. One hit, I don't know if that handle's going to stay together. It might just be clang and it just falls apart in my fucking hand. But yeah, most of them are probably not sharp either. I guess I assume if it's in like a pawn shop, though, it's a, and it's hung up high, that it's maybe legitimate. Yeah. Um, Clammy, we're almost done. We're almost Shut done. Uh, Marcellus Wallace stands up and he's holding a shotgun. Was he like free? How did that happen? This is the I thought this the second time too. He was handcuffed and originally his legs were tied to a chair. So And when they go in that room, he's like handcuffed and looks like he's bound to be bent over. Unless I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I don't know. But either. I thought that too, because his hands were free suddenly and it didn't and take sh- very long. And he shoots old mask villain in the fucking dick. It did, to me, it didn't look. Like, it looked like it was in the gut, like right here, almost is, like right above the dick. Yeah, like he's he has he's gonna bleed internally for a bit. That's what was in Reservoir Dogs. It was a uh, stomach shot. That uh, a stomach shot. I think is that, what that killed Tim Chris's Roth. mom, Chris Oof. Gibson's mom. It was an accidental shot. I think around that area because it like pierced her lung. It's rough. Yeah, rough McGruff. I, I a lot of people think that, you know head and heart. But as long as you get somewhere like in the midsection, there's a high probability that the person isn't <laughs> farewell, you know, yeah. after that, because that's where all the organs are. And people also think the lungs are like up here. The lungs are lower than people think that they are typically. Do people think that? Yeah, because I think <laughs> and we're told that our hearts like way up here where I think it's like I've never a thought little that. bit lower. I was right here. According to according to the American flag, Michelle, my heart is right. This here. feels like my heart's here. That's <laughs> high. I think it's a little lower. I think it's more like a little more under the tit. Uh, I've th- I, I wanted to say one more wrong. thing about this scene. What kind of tortures and how long do you think they keep that man alive before he is dead? I don't know. I feel like it's like a week long of torture. <laughs> I don't think that he, I don't think it's that long. Yeah, I think he survives that long from the gut shot. No, I think, I think that they are able to see that he's about to die sort of So he's got to get his guys over there now to torture I think, before he dies too soon. I mean, they want to kill him essentially, but they just want, he wants it to be slow and painful when he does it. 
So I think it probably took like a day or two. Oh, I wanted to ask you this too. Now, Marcellus is obviously a gangster and a crime guy, but he says this piece of shit rapist. Do you think rape is even too far for somebody like Marcellus Wallace? I know obviously he's attributing it to his rape, but do you think like in general, he's not down with that? I think most people who are, I think that he is probably sees himself as ultimately being good. I think that he does a lot of, I don't, I don't think he's necessarily like, I don't know. I guess I, cause I don't know all that he's supposedly doing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know all that he's tangled up in, but I think in his mind, I think like in a lot of people's mind, they're doing the uh, right yeah. thing. A lot of villains minds, a lot of villains arcs is like, well, they don't think it's bad. That was the whole Thanos thing. He's trying to make the universe better in his eyes. And we all just go, no, we don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I got the same vibe when he said that. I was like, oh, I think he's like a, a kind man in some ways. <laughs> well, and not even people who are going to be like rough and do whatever it is that he's probably doing. It doesn't mean that he I, only scumbags are OK with rape. Yeah. And I think that even if he's maybe a hard ass and he has to lay down the law in ways, I think he's ultimately not a scumbag. He's a yeah. guy. He dresses well. He's a businessman. He takes care of himself. I think he's probably nice to people. He probably tips high. He's a brutal businessman. If he needs to be. Yeah. So uh, someone he doesn't even know doing that, I, th- yeah. it's going to, it's only going to fuel his fire. How it relates. And maybe make him worse. <laughs> yeah. It relates in this way. I just thought of it as you were saying that in jail, the rapists are not. Okay. Yeah. You can be a you can be a burglar or a, a rob guy. What am I trying to say? A rob guy. <laughs> a robber. An arsonist. He, he, a murderer. You, yeah. And those get away a lot easier than if you say you rape somebody. Sometimes that stuff is child, a woman, or anything. It's not okay. You want to know when murder is exceptionally uh, acceptable? Is when you walk in and someone is raping someone that you know and love, and then you kill them. <laughs> yeah, and that's when most people are like, "Yeah, yeah. you should have killed yeah. them." Justice I would have wanted to kill them too. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that rape is one of the worst, most demeaning things that you can do to a human being because it's not. I think in the ways of the movie. Yeah. I think the main guy maybe got. I think there was some getting off on it, but I think that for the first guy, like the main guy from the mask. I think there was more power involved. I think for the creep guy who was actually uh, at the pawn shop, yeah, he was like into it. The mask guy's into the power aspect, and and, who, and the other guy's into the actual like coming in the butt aspect. And who owns the gimp? <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> and the gimp gets killed, I assume. I think he got hung, right? I so he w- knocks him out and I, he's hanging there? I would think so. Because it looked like the leash was around his neck, not like around his body. It looked like it was around yeah. his neck. So he got just hung himself. I guess so. <laughs> so that's good because there's no way the gimp is a good guy if he's associated no. with these pieces of shit and no. he's being submissive to these people. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else is there to talk about? Um, yeah, I, I had have, one question, but if you got something else to talk about. I have two more notes. Okay. And then we can wrap this up. Cool. Music in Quentin Tarantino movies are strong. Bam. Soundtrack on top. He has, and it, this is something that he's known for in his movies. And there are some people who consider this a uh, weak spot. And they think that he pulls too many like big, well-known songs. But his taste in music is phenomenal. 
And sometimes these aren't big songs. Sometimes these songs are big because of this movie. That too, but he picks such good fucking songs sometimes. Like Jungle Boogie, Let's Stay Together, uh, by Al Green. He's got Strawberry um, Number... Fucking Reservoir Dogs had a great fucking soundtrack. Yeah, Joe Tex, I Gotcha, is in that song. (laughs) I gotcha. Um, Uh You probably didn't see me now, did you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Try to stick by my neck, did you? Uh-huh, huh. Give me what you promised me. Give me here. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. I, just I was going to let you go for as long as he wanted. <laughs> I got in a zone. Um, it, I think he's good at doing that thing where he's bringing Culture? a song. Uh, he's bringing a song that knows to make you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. To make you feel a certain way during the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's using that as a tool. I'm like, sure some people might have. You know, he's one of those directors that I think he gets slack or flack or whatever. He gets flack. Correct. For uh, certain things. But it's because other directors started doing it too much after him. So then he gets the blame. It's just like the her voice. Mm-hmm. Like you can blame Eddie Vedder for it, but. Well, his, I mean, his style of uh, doing things not in chronological order. Well, he didn't invent it, but he is seen as being innovative in that style. And he he has influenced so many people and so many things yeah. since he has done what he's done. He is he he knows what he's doing and he has good taste in music. I have to admit. And he's got good taste in shots. Like, setting things up, what you want to see. He's seen so many movies. He's doing so many, like, homages to certain scenes. He's just a huge fucking nerd. <laughs> Have you ever seen him talk? Yeah. He just doesn't shut the fuck up because no. he just goes and goes and goes because he gets so excited yeah. about being a kid who just sat and watched movies yep. his whole fucking life. Have you seen those uh, clips of, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel, and he's like, I'm going to explain a movie to you. On the back of the VHS, and you and you tell me if you know I the title. I think I have seen this. Yes, and he's and he says something, and he's like, "No, I'm sorry, the title is blah blah." And he goes, "Oh, that's the alternate title." The director's blah blah, and he like schools him, and he's like, "Actually, got it right," and then expounds further on it. You're just like, "Okay, he knows." He knows what he's talking about. Let him do his thing. He's not an idiot. And you said he's a nerd, which is where I think the creepiness comes back in. Because certain nerds are just so, like, forlorn and like, oh, I'll never have this, that they end up a little fucking creepy. Kind of incel-y a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's kind of incel but he's not. Mm-hmm. But he gives that vibe off where he easily could have. If he hadn't become a director, he would have been an incel. Oh, he God. would have had a VHS collection, and he would have smelled bad. <laughs> But he can have that VHS collection and not smell bad because he is successful. I that I think that you would look at him and maybe think, God, I bet he's a great conversationalist. But I bet he can also be like <sighs> cold and dismissive yeah. if you're not on his level. And if you didn't Fiona Apple say it was like one of the worst times she had was hanging She's, out with him and somebody else yeah. doing cocaine she, in a fucking movie theater. She used to date Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. And she said that it was like the biggest deterrent for being a cokehead was to be to do coke for like six hours with Quentin Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson. She said it was absolute pain. I couldn't imagine fucking <laughs> Quentin Tarantino yacked out of his mind, yacking out of his mind. <laughs> Shut up, Quentin. <laughs> and then I do have one more thing. I know we kind I still of have one thing too. briefly mentioned this, but um, since technically it doesn't happen at the end of the movie, but in the chronological story, it is, it's technically a happy ending because the story and the way of it happening 
would be that Butch is forgiven and that he and Fabian uh, ride off on yeah. uh, Zed's motorcycle to start their new life. Yeah. Uh, For them, it's the fairy tale ending. Yeah. So, what do you think happens with Jules? Do you think I, he does quit? Do you think he? I think he quit. Do you think Marcellus says okay? Or I think, you think he. I think so. Okay. I think he probably understands that it's time, and I think that Jules is also like, "I'm done. There, there's nothing I can do." Like, and he's going to be like, I'm "Look, too old." And Vincent just got killed. Yeah, if he hasn't already, because he wasn't oh, there with Vincent. Oh, oh. Maybe Marcellus isn't going to forgive Butch because he doesn't know fucking Vega's dead yet. Yeah, I don't know. Because he did uh-uh. just trust him after being with his wife and yeah. doesn't know the whole thing about the heroin overdose because yeah. she thought it was cocaine. Right. We didn't talk about that scene at all, oh, okay. which is one of like the most jarring scenes. In- it is. <laughs> and, and one of the most misunderstood scenes for me for my entire life. I thought she was some crazy, like junky wild girl and that is not what she is at all the sure she's she likes the coke she's just a party girl she did i didn't even know it was heroin involved in the whole like injection thing i think i probably could have figured it out but i didn't know it was an accident i didn't know she didn't want to do that oh yeah well you can see immediately when she starts to realize that it she's burns, like what the she's fuck like, did i just put in my face like, oh no oh no and then she starts she's yeah. bleeding and passes out yeah, that part's... It's intense, and then yeah. she's just, like, breathing, and it's like a bubble that comes out of her nose with, like, blood, because she probably <laughs> yeah. just, like, shot something and, in her nostril And quick. good for her. She's willing to look fucking rough on screen mm-hmm. for the role. I agree. Um, eh, yeah. I'm sure she's <laughs> fine. I just never thought she was pretty, but I think that, like I said, That's sometimes you weird... just have to see someone I've never thought she was... Light. I don't think she's pretty in Kill Bill. I mean, she's... I don't think she's ugly. She's, she's just not, ugly not human. She's just not. I don't go. Hey, what's going on over here? Her eyes are weird. They're like yeah. far apart. I'll fuck a frog. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know what direction you were going in, but I didn't say my last thing, oh. which was uh, between Butch and Fabian when they're in that hotel room and um just how i like really i hated their whole vibe i hated their whole story together i didn't need his love story yeah nope. this scene is weird to me um so when butch is in the shower after he gives her oral pleasure oh! and she kisses it okay are you gonna talk about what i think you're gonna talk in about there in the bathroom and for whatever reason he just calls her the r word uh- <laughs> And then starts to imitate someone <laughs> who is R-worded. Then shows his dick twice. And then while she's talking and brushing her teeth, he makes her spit before kissing her, even though she's not done brushing her teeth. And he says it in a very, like, domineering sort of spit. way. Yeah. And so the whole scene is really and. weird. That There's definitely some sort of, like, he is in control. Oh, yeah. She wants to be in control. She's French. Um uh, and let me add this this is what i thought you were gonna bring Weird up scene. and he dries his body off sitting on a fucking toilet oh I he's sitting on that. the goddamn porcelain he... toilet fresh out of a shower i forgot drying himself too. off he is ruining said shower even if he is sitting on one of those <laughs> fluffy toilet lid covers even worse <laughs> it's disgusting fucking disgusting no one should do that if I you do that, that you are ruining your shower i was too busy thinking about that uh this mashed potato dick. The mashed potato dick. I am so mean about him. Mashed potato dick. 
Bruce Willis's penis. <laughs> oh, you mean his mashed potato brain? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to see some interview with him, like Michael J. Fox, and you're going to feel bad about it again. I will, because it's... <laughs> no, that's like one of the worst things that most people don't want to happen. A form of, like, dementia. dementia? Yeah, and I think it's... He's he's okay, but it's, he's not doing great. I mean, it suck that he... You're young. You think you're going to have your brain for the rest of your life, and then you don't. That's. I think that's just one of the worst things to deal with. Is just that the people who you love and care about the most, you can forget who your children are. Yeah. And those you, videos are fucked up. And on you don't internet. realize how it breaks their heart. Because yeah. Because there's nothing that you can do about it. You just have no idea. But it's the people around you are really suffering. It's yeah. just a, that's a shitty way to go. And then imagine how bad you feel when you realize it again, and you're like, Oh yeah, you are my daughter. Oh, yeah, I love you. Weird. Or they see you as someone else in their memory. That yeah, the, that's fucking crazy. Their wires are just crossed, and they, you're, you are someone who they were, like, in love with when they were younger, and they try to kiss you. <laughs> I didn't know that. Stuff like that happens. Interesting. Hey, do you have any more notes? My one thing was what every... Uh, it gets brought up about this movie. What do you think is oh, in, in the, the briefcase, suitcase, yeah. the suitcase? Um, that shining gold. What little bit I read online is that it is the like it's something divine. It's something potentially extraterrestrial, or it's something. It's some like key to life or key yeah. to happiness, or it's something that's not necessarily a physical thing. That it's almost like a portal the or Holy something that, that you see. Um, but I don't. I mean. <clears throat> If you if you you could you could think that it's like gold or something based you on could. what it looks like, but it seems to be something that's not of this world. It seems to be some. I don't, I've never got the of this world vibe, but it's definitely something that's like unusual. Uh, it's, well, it's not gold because everyone's supposed just to be like, a thing. Yeah. yeah, people would talk about how you could spend it and what you could get out of it. Yeah, everything one just reacts. To that it's like something precious is all that it is. Yeah, I have no clue what it is. I've just I've just heard. Is it the ring from Lord of the Rings? Yeah, it it's is the precious. ring from Lord. I've heard the concept of that it's Marcellus Wallace's soul that escaped through the through the band aid wound on the back of his neck. I read that it was uh, because he just had a scar and didn't. It's a really ugly scar that he didn't want to be seen from that back shot. Oh, really? So they just put a band aid on it. It's an interesting character choice. You just think that he cut himself shaving. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. <laughs> but I truly have no idea what I would even ever think it is in the suitcase. Because I would just think of it in an artsy way every just, time. Yeah. Of just like, it's it's everything and it's nothing all at once. It's creation. It's it's just, it's it's everything. You know what I mean? I don't, there's no way to quantify what it is i think that and quentin tarantino i don't think ever wrote it thinking there was i don't think there's a piece of paper anywhere that says inside the suitcase is this no it was meant to be open-ended but yeah. it's become such a big thing like debate that uh i don't even know debate just i think it's conversation it, it, it was a powerful smart choice mm -hmm. to hold things back and be secretive yeah. i think that that was it was just very tasteful and wise on his behalf to not actually say what it is and to have no one really give hints to what it is because no one referred to it like i said as a physical object yeah i mean tim roth just goes is that what i think it is and he's like yep 
<laughs> what do you think it is, Tim? Tim, tell me. Oh, tell Sorry. me, Sorry. Pumpkin, tell me. <laughs> uh, Ringo is his actual Ringo. name. Because it's, it's actually Ringo and Yolanda. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm. Honey Bunny like, and Pumpkin's what I got. <laughs> well, yeah, those are, their, those are their little cute names for each other. Well, I guess if we are done, I feel like this is a long episode. It's a movie episode. We always go about two hours or so on a movie episode. Well, I am finished talking about the movie unless there's anything to reiterate when we go over the next part of the podcast which is famously known as the uh you know time when we uh go over i'm just giving you time to get ready some questions hey there I questions. I went for a very Quentin Tarantino. If you noticed. <laughs> All right. So um, let's see here. We have some questions to go over. I didn't have that up because I had a different note with my uh, notes that I had on there. Notes. Um, luckily, we hit a lot of these, I think, already. Uh, so I can just kind of skim through these. Why did I choose this? It's something that I... It's the only way I thought Sam was ever going to actually watch this movie. And it's such an important movie in the movie world that you you just you have to see it. I don't know why, but it's just so big and important. And it just... I, I, I agree with you 100%. I think it's good that you saw it. I don't... Yeah. I just like... Even though I hate Star Wars, I... I don't, think it's, see I don't think it's bad that I saw a movie yeah. that's so well-beloved that so many people have seen. For me, it's like Godfather. I haven't seen Godfather, I and either. I should. Yeah, you know we, what I mean? We talked about that in the very beginning of this podcast. Did we? Well, so <laughs> that was, I think, something that was thrown around in the idea of doing things that we love, sharing things from that perspective, but also just... I've never listened to this before, or I've never watched this before, yep. and it's... Oh, it's firework time here in Batesville. Uh, yeah, we... It was last It's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, we need to uh, get tend to this dog before shit starts uh, happening, just because we're not in there with her. She was good last night, but no one's in there with her. Right. Uh, so, I... Th- what did I think you thought before you watched it? I think that you were familiar enough, kind of, with what it was, but I don't think that you had any real opinion either way because i think that my opinion is that you would have been fine seeing it or not and i still think that i kind of feel that way that it doesn't it's not going to change your life it's not going to do anything yeah it's something that's big in the world and it's good that you saw it but i don't think that you had any i don't think you were excited i don't think that you were dreading it i think it just was uh you pretty much nailed it except for i'm definitely happy that i saw it and i'm I'm glad that I can now, if it comes up, I can have a real conversation about it. If I'm not that I'm talking about movies all the time with people, but no, but like I get more references. I get some like star Wars references that I didn't right? get before. I, things like that. I was going to say, I bet now in the future I'll hear like, they'll be like, ah, like Vincent Vega. And I'll be like, Oh, I know what that means now. <laughs> You've also heard the Royale with cheese thing, I'm sure, yeah. so many times. I already knew that. There's a Simpsons fucking thing about that. Yeah. They're like, hey, what do they call a crusty Burger in France? Royale with cheese. It's a big part of pop culture. Yeah, it is. And I've seen it, that dance scene before. I mean, mm-hmm. that's such an iconic thing. And I'm so glad. I. That's another reason I'm glad I saw this, because it made that whole 
scene and her whole character way less scuzzy and way less like grimy mm-hmm. than I always thought it was. So you find out that she's actually like a respectable person for the most part. Yeah, and just the I don't know something about them doing the twist and like looking at each other. It's always grimy and sleazy to me. I didn't realize it was a fucking dance contest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it just made it like, oh, it's like that Happy Days episode where they have the dance contest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think it's just a thing? It, it's misrepresenting the movie sometimes. It but, does. But what are you gonna do? Tell the whole story? It does. And like people do in previews now. So much smoking in this movie. And like even on like the covers, they're smoking and stuff. That smoke, it, it, goddamn smoke. Fireworks are loud. Connects to sleaziness to me for some reason. Oh yeah. Smoke like always makes me feel like stink. Bowling alley. Bowling alley is what's always done it. Like, it's always made me feel grimy and like I never really wanted to hang out at the smoky places. So I never really wanted to hang out in the smoky movie either. You know what I mean? Yeah. People who smoke are more likely to be people breaking the law. <laughs> There's like a danger to it. Yeah, it's it. dirty. All it. right, so uh, we watched it twice as always. Least favorite character. Least favorite character. Well, that's fucking easy on this one. It's really easy. Do you want to go three, first? So I think three, two, one, and we say it at the same time. All right. Three, three two, two, one, one Fabian. Oh. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to pick Fabian. She, well, this is what I put. I put Zed, even though Fabian is atrocious. Okay. You're- so she was my second least favorite, but I think that the guy, I think Zed is. Zed the, is the biggest monster in the movie. He's the worst, and he does the worst thing in the movie. I will agree so, with you. For, but I mean, it's, it's your least favorite character. She was but painful. But Fabian is, every time she's on the screen, I'm just like, can we not be here? And it's not her it's so fault. Dra- drawn it's out. what her character is. It. I would never be around a girl that is like that. Their dialogue is also awful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's trying super to be like love kind of like and sexy, goopy. But it's also trying to be like sexy. In some but weird But also weird because yeah. she's like, I want you to give me a pleasure. And he's like, kiss. Will you kiss it? Will you kiss like, it? Who talks like that? <laughs> it's so. And she's like, I like your stink. I'm like, ugh. And then, Fucking and French then girl sucks his dick like after he was just covered in a. Like in fight sweat. sweat. <laughs> oh my Not God. Not just like running around sweat. Fight sweat. And he was drenched in sweat before he even went out and fought. Yep. When he was when just, he's like taking a nap before the fight. Yeah, he's getting in his headspace. All right, so uh, I don't think we need to explain why. I think we already have most favorite character. Is this going to be gonna the three, same? Are we going to three, two, one? <laughs> we may as well. Um, yeah. Three, two, one, Jules! <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson got a lot of fame after this. Like, this movie really helped catapult him into getting uh, some roles. And he was like... He he was a great and like a time to kill and stuff like that. So he was already and I, I hope doing things. They burn in hell. He was great in that, and I think that that was before this. But so he he was like on his way. But I think that this just gave him the push that he needed and his character. There's a personality that just is unmatchable, and it just seems genuine. There's something about Samuel L. Jackson, and maybe it's because he's putting so much of himself into his roles, but he is just so likable and just good he has a it also the way he delivers lines it's the way he does like he just has charisma i was gonna say charisma and it's a special quality of leadership 
Do you remember that from... Uh, <clears throat> no, I don't. I never remember the whole line, but it captures something and devotion. It sounds like Polly Shore. It's the wheeze. It's <laughs> from uh, Son-in-Law. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that he's just phenomenal again. Yeah. I agree. It, Jules... He's the smartest, I think, in the whole mm-hmm. movie. He's the most level-headed, I think, in the whole movie. He's probably the most experienced. The most experienced. I agree. Uh, and just the way he reads lines. Like, every word he says, I am, like, hanging off mm-hmm. of. No matter what he's talking about. And it's his eyes. He's got, like, these kind of buggy eyes. Mm-hmm. But when he's looking at a person and he's not even looking at you, I feel his stare when he's staring at Tim Roth. I feel like he's staring at me, but it's a fucking side view. And somehow, mm-hmm. I still feel like he's looking at me. He's powerful. He's very powerful. And he's Samuel Jackson. I mean, he kind of got, like, I don't want to say overused, but he kind of became a character of himself there for a while. But it's because, usually when that happens to people, it's because they are so good that that's what you want. Mm-hmm. It's like you start hiring them to be that. I you, bet he made like so you, much money you, doing that too, yeah. though, and just you hired Gilbert Godfrey to himself to be Gilbert Godfrey. Mm-hmm. You hire Samuel L. Jackson to be Samuel L. Jackson, and I don't know if this character influenced his character for the rest of his life, or if well, the bad he, motherfucker, or if he influenced this character I that think, became the rest of his life. I think he was in Jackie Brown next too. So I think also having that, like, doing that black exploitation yeah. sort of thing that Quentin Tarantino likes to lean into, yeah. if he was in it, I'm not really sure. Not sure. Um, <clears throat> it, uh, it, I think it helps with his character, even if that's who he wasn't or was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who he was. He's just, he's just good. I don't know who he is. I don't know who Samuel Jackson actually is as a person, but I believe him when he acts in movies. Yeah. I... I think that he is that person, just not mean. Like, I think if he needs to... Like, I think if his kid got in trouble, he would go jewels on them. You know what I mean? I think he would be like, listen, motherfucker. <laughs> now, he's not going to kill any of them, but he's going to be like, you've got to make a choice. And, like, do a little speech. And you would listen you've to... You've got to make and, a choice. And you, would do, and you would listen to every word. <laughs> and it's funny in these, I wish the world actually worked like this. And people actually did have, like, three full sentences before the next person tried to talk. Everyone in Quentin Tarantino movies lets the other person finish their entire monologue, and then they go. We don't do that here. (laughs) No one does that anywhere. So it's just, when you let somebody like Samuel Jackson, and you just give him that open canvas, and he just gets to go. Clearly, I think he's really good at memory because he's... Every word is filled with what the emotion is at that time. It doesn't feel like he's just reading. It feels like it's coming out of his brain. And it's not. It's yeah. the script. But it feels genuine at that time, where sometimes John Travolta, especially early in the movie, mm-hmm. it feels like he's reading the script. Mm-hmm. Which it feels they're like both, he's playing a Which character. they're both obviously reading the script. But for some reason, when Sam Jackson does it, I'm good friends with him. That's why I keep calling him Sam. Uh, it just feels real. Like, uh, I can forget that it's Samuel Jackson. I see Jules. A lot of times, I see John Travolta. <laughs> I wonder if that scene earlier in the movie with them in the car, where John Travolta seems like he is playing a character, 
I wonder if that was shot earlier in the could've, movie. Could have. And he just didn't have it all figured out. Yeah. But he also is trying to seem like a cool guy. I think he's trying to impress Jules. Jules. And you would want to impress Jules. Jules is the guy you want to impress. I mean, you want to make Marcellus happy because he can fucking kill you. But if you're on the cool factor, you're like, no, Jules is the coolest motherfucker. That's probably. I wonder if that's why he put him with him, too. Like, as a mentor. Oh, to keep Vincent. He probably knows Vincent's oh. a little bit of a hothead, too. And, like, you need to be with Jules because he keeps you cool. Or uh, just, I I see, I see potential in you, so I'm going to test you with my woman. I'm going to test you ah, with the best one, yeah. the best guy that we have. Yep, I like that. So he probably you do this like right, you, said, you can move up in the ranks. And like you said earlier, he probably isn't going to be happy when he finds out that he's dead. But no, no matter what, I think the fact that Butch went back and saved Marcellus's life is yeah. going to trump that. Yep. Because he could have been butt fucked and dead. He could have just <laughs> left them to do whatever they wanted to do with him. Uh-huh. I, that's why I think that it was really important that he did go back. Agreed. Of course. Um, uh, uh, the first time you watched this, I know it was kind of hard for you because it's so fucking this long that you fell so, asleep. This movie's so long both times. and so talky. <laughs> I know that's Quentin's thing, but sometimes it's. If I was in a movie theater, I'd it's be a lot more engaged. You know, for some reason in a movie theater, I'm not really going to. I fall disagree. Asleep. I can I can read things about the movie on my phone. Oh. I can like I can make notes on my phone when I'm not in a movie theater. I think I would get more bored in a movie theater. Hmm. I don't look at my phone ever during a movie, so if I could be engrossed in it and loud and big, I'd have a lot easier time not falling asleep during it. Because <laughs> I, mean, I did fall asleep both viewings. <laughs> I didn't do that so much on the first watch. Yeah. I did that more on the, the on first the watch. The first watch was like rough by the end of it. I was like, come on, this fucking thing needs to end. I felt like that on the second watch. Yeah. I was I feel like I was a little more engaged on the first watch because I wanted to fully take it in from just being in a different place mm. in my life, I guess. Which is weird because it's like you can cut out parts of this movie. To what I consider like the main story, which is the jewels and all that stuff. Um, but the, the the Vincent Vega story isn't bad. No, you know what I mean. So it's like I still enjoy watching that scene, but it would almost be better if at that time special features and stuff existed because they could have been like, well, here's the main movie, and then here's this extra stuff that we also shot. This is called the Vincent Vega story. Well, and like I said, <laughs> I do think that Mia, even though I wasn't a fan of Uma Thurman. I do think that she added something that uh, Fabian didn't. So if something really had to be shaved out, it is that entire love story that's not important. We don't need to know about Butch. We just need to know that he is someone who... Uh, he fucked over Marsala's mm-hmm. and then he saved him. He yeah. didn't need the extra stuff. He didn't even need the yeah. Christopher Walken story. It, mm. That was just more for humor, I think. Yep, just to hire Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Um, <clears throat> uh, would I recommend this today? Mm, that's a tough one. Because this is one of those movies. It's been out for... it's it, um, Next year is 30 years. I was going to say, almost 30 years? So I... <clears throat> it did come out in 1994. I don't know if we said that. Our year. I don't think we did. <laughs> I'm not going to convince you anything. Um, if anything, I'm going to say... There are good parts, but it's fucking long. Yeah. So I'm probably going to deter you from it more than anything. So I'll say no. I would do it like this. Do you like Quentin Tarantino movies? 
Yes. Then you should see Pulp Fiction. I would agree. No, then you shouldn't watch Pulp Fiction. You could probably get what you need off of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> just go watch. Just type in Jules Pulp Fiction. I wonder if someone did make a shit down that. version. I'm sure they have. And I wonder, I'm sure someone's put it in chronological order. But I wonder if it feels different. I'm sure it feels different in chronological oh, for order. Sure, it feels because, different. And I read something that there is a, an extra interest and I think more of a laser focus on watching Quentin Tarantino movies because you are being given things out of order and you don't know what's coming next. Yeah. So it makes you kind of be like, what's happening here? What happened earlier? Oh, I got to remember that. Since they do like foreshadowing and stuff. But there's so much happening in so many conversations that it's really hard to remember a lot of that stuff. I think Quentin Tarantino movies need multiple watches because there's so much. And there's so much just being, even if you're hearing the words if you have no context to put it into because you don't really understand what's what, yeah. it's not sticking. Yeah. I think that uh, that's what I do in everything. So I think for me, I probably need to watch most things multiple times to really absorb it. Um, <clears throat> zero. Oh, what? Did you, would you watch it again? Would I watch it again? Will I put it on again? No. I wouldn't think so. But will you rate no, I'll it? I'll definitely watch like Friday 13 Part 5 before I would watch this again. Will you rate it for me? Will so- I rate it? Um, I'll give it like a 7 out of 10 rock and ro- all of the rock and roll cats. He's it was a, a good movie. I under- it, it was good acting, good scenes, good cinematography, good everything. The time hurts it. Just it just feels like it's long and bloated. Mm-hmm. And I think that hurts it a little bit for me. Me but too. I'm also, I don't know, I'm not the biggest Quentin Quentin head. I don't hate Quentin Tarantino, but I'm not like, ooh, a Quentin Tarantino movie. I have to see it. I'm not that way either. So I understand it's good, but am I going to, like I said just a second ago, if you said, Sam, do you want to watch Pulp Fiction or Friday the 13th Part 5, which doesn't even have Jason in it, I'm going to watch Friday the 13th Part 5. I'm going to watch Roy the fucking medic pretend to be Jason Voorhees and kill people because he's mad about his son being dead. That's what I'm going to watch. I'll probably also give this like a seven. Yeah. That it, it's good. Would you also watch Friday the 13th part five before this? No. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is too fucking long. It takes up too yeah. much time. This is, this reminded me of talking to someone who is like why don't you watch movies because you watch you know you watch series that in the end are longer series are broken down it doesn't give a movie justice to take breaks in the movie because you need the momentum of a movie that's not what shows are built for yeah so i think that they're just two totally different situations yeah i i still come from the world that like a movie should be like an hour and a half to an hour and 40 and i'm done like Part of going to a movie in my mind is you're streamlining a story. Let's make it as good as you possibly can in this amount of time. <laughs> I, I agree. I'm on board for that. I, and if movie, you can't fit it in there, then it's time to make part two and we'll come see that. <laughs> long movie links are deterrents for me to see movies. Yeah. It makes me uninterested because it just seems Especially like it's too much. No fucking intermission. Correct. In a, in a time where we need intermissions the most, they don't do them anymore. <laughs> Whereas back in the day, the fucking thing was 90 minutes and it would be like, intermission. And the size of like popcorn and drinks have gone up. And then you're expecting me to buy a large soda 
and give you like $14 for it. So, uh, and not give me a piss break. That's not very fair. Speaking of sizes, everyone, I got to let you know. We're not a lot talking about sizes. It upsets you. I was going through the Wendy's drive-thru. They thought I ordered a medium drink. I don't order medium anything. So I was like, that's supposed to be a large. And you're like, okay, I'll fix it at the window. And I get to the next window and I see the guy taking. He's got a large cup waiting and he's got a medium drink filled with my Coca-Cola. And he pours it into the large cup. And it pretty much filled that fucking large cup all the way Except to the top. Except for like a drink? No, maybe like a sip. Like the guy literally went and put that much in and then poured a little bit back out. Now, then I knew. Then I knew. That you should just order mediums instead of paying for large. Then I get the medium large. fries. So now I need to see them dump medium fries in a large fry thing to see if it's the same thing there. I think the fries are different. But I don't know. What the fuck do I know? Um, describe this movie in one word. Long. <laughs> I understand that it's important, but it's long. So for me, long. Like a dung. I, I, you know, I don't want to be this way, but if you said, Sam, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Pulp Fiction? I would say indulgent. Ooh, I thought you were going to say the N-word. No, In- indulgent. Or Jules. <laughs> because he's the, the... He's the star. I'm glad I saw this because I got to see Samuel Jackson My, do this role. The first watch, I didn't like the movie, but I loved Samuel L. Jackson's character. There you go. That was my positive takeaway personally on my very first watch not the first one with you Mm -hmm. so it makes sense he's he can't without this him i don't know what the movie would be it wouldn't be as good be poop fiction (laughs) made myself laugh all right so we are finished with the questions we are um sam i don't Hmm? oh wait i can find it i just need like kind of a second to um find this message so i can find what album is next because next week uh tom and ann marie will be here and we will be doing a tom album by rammstein zeit 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 that's correct. Right. I didn't find it, but I remembered it came from Steve. So, yeah, it's already been recorded. It's been um, recorded. But, yeah, we're going to get some uh, some German metal up in here. Some German industrial metal. Michelle's favorite genre of all time. I'm extra positive this coming yeah, episode. Yeah, she's so positive in this upcoming I'm, episode. I'm positive that I fucking am not having a good time. <laughs> A little preview. <laughs> uh, you got what you came for. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. We love you very much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. One thing that we didn't mention, which I think is very interesting, and I don't know if that I've heard someone really do this before, or maybe not since Tarantino, but in the opening credits, in the beginning of the movie, he's playing a song, and then there's like a record scratch, and then this song starts halfway through the beginning credits. Oh, yeah, it does do that. It's interesting. Yeah. Who cares? Bye, guys. Or was it diegetic? Are you calling me a diabetic? No, was it diegetic? Is that like a jive diabetic? Diegetic is... <laughs> I want a yes and, but I also want to explain what diegetic is. <laughs> well, yeah, we need to go, but... Diegetic is when the music is actually playing in the scene. So, like, you hear the music, and then they, like, turn off a radio, and you go, oh, shit, they're actually listening to that in the scene. Mm-hmm. That's what diegetic is. I didn't remember if this was diagetic in the scene or not, if they're listening to it in the car. I don't remember uh, that don't happening. Remember 
But there you go. That's diegetic. You just learned something, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening again. You know what? I before I'm gonna leave you guys on a on a thought that I had recently. <laughs> I was like, man, I have a pretty sedentary lifestyle, which like sucks because I could get like blood clots and stuff, and that's scary. But I also thought I could turn this sedentary thing into a positive in my head, and that's where I sit and listen to Jan Terry. <laughs> Woo, that's my sedentary lifestyle. Bye, everyone. Jan Terry. Nobody likes Jan Terry but me, and I don't care. Bye. Bye. Listen to Jan Terry. Get down, Goblin. How did this come at the end of this episode? Goblin. 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 <laughs> Goblin. <laughs>